Hello, I'm Jeff Lester, and welcome to, wait, what? A comics and pop culture podcast coming to you from the not-so-solitary fortress that is waitwhatpodcast.com. First podcast of the last month of the year is here, and Graham McMillan and I bring as much holiday cheer as we can squeeze out of the end of 2020. That sounded Join us as we talk about appropriate holiday movies, the recent news about HBO Max, the early word on the future state event from DC, the perils of selling your used bidet on Nextdoor, The King in Black, and the Marvel career of Donny Cates, The Flash by Mike Barron, Jackson Gleese, and Larry Malstead, The Immortal Hulk, The Book Tour by Andy Watson, Green Lantern Season 2 by Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp, and much, much more in this two-and-a-half-hour episode. As always, we welcome your comments at waitwhatpodcast.com, your questions at waitwhatpodcast at gmail.com, and we invite you to look out for us on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Patreon. As always, we hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Jeff Lester! Graham McMillan, hello! Hello, I thought you had a wonderful sort of strange accent there for saying Graham McMillan. I did, I did. I, I, you know, I, I get obsessed. I get obsessed sometimes, Graham, with the fact of how almost but not quite right I uh, uh, get your name. Like I kn- which is to say, I know I'm always not getting it right. But every I, once in a while, I'm like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you're getting it wrong. You know, you keep saying that. But I happen to know that I really do tend to say... <laughs> I, yeah, I, you keep telling me you're getting my name right, but I happen to just not believe you. I, just, I don't believe you because you're very kind about it. Also, I know you're deeply resigned, or maybe you've just maybe you've moved those goalposts in a good way. But I know that after talking with you that years and years ago, that you know a lot of people do the do like think of it or pronounce it as like Graham. You know, hence the like when you were being heckled by somebody on uh, uh, the blog for like ever who would call you Graham Cracker. And you're like, it's, 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 more, it's grim. It's grim. It's closer to grim. You, the, which was your nickname, no, right? That, no, the nick. Yeah. The nickname was grim because someone couldn't pronounce my name. It's Graham. Oh, well, mother of God. Okay. Then I've been, cause I keep trying to, overcompensate a little bit and get a little more e in there sometimes and so that's why it's like grim you know but it's really i mean was that utterly wrong or is that weirdly closer to right or i would say the way you normally say it is closer to right than going grim 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 damn mcmillan get in here grim (laughs) grim things are looking grim uh yeah that's i gotta say (laughs) Was, this is what happens when we take time off. I know. This I am so hyper. I'm so hyper. I also had two little pieces of a Snickers bar, and I'm just convinced um, that, like, the first half is just me going to be blah, blah, blabbing at you, and the second half is going to be weeping. But also, I didn't – I haven't talked to you in a while, and I and Yeah, I'm we haven't you. talked to a couple excited. weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This isn't this And I'm very yeah. excited. I've, I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, that is so sweet. I, I have. I definitely have. I, I thought if you were like, I've not. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, eh, yeah, I mean, you know, sure. You know, I, I would if I wasn't, you know, editing and doing the show notes. If, and, if I didn't if I didn't have better things to do. I mean, me. if it wasn't technically work to do so, Graham. I mean, <laughs> I mean, only in the technical sense of the term. <laughs> That's the thing about this podcast, though, right? Because when it's drugs. 
like jog feels like work because there's homework ahead of time and then for me there's the editing and show notes afterwards and like a jog's an undertaking yeah yeah it is it is it absolutely is in fact a uh, friend friend of the podcast uh jared kovac um uh texted me in the middle of the week being like uh jeff how 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 do you edit a podcast uh do you do you, do you have steps that you do to to edit a podcast because th- this is a nightmare <laughs> and so <laughs> i sent him some of my tips he was and i swear to god it was because we were texting it was something like five straight texts from me of things to do and at the end his response was huh and then later he was like that was really helpful he's like but also um Jesus, he's like, I, I don't know how you could do this for years. You are, he's like, you're, you're way more insane than I'd actually uh, ever thought. It's, it's quite a thing, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> like, I think podcast is more than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of these days, we should just release one entirely unedited, and people will be like, those two were really off their game. Well, okay, so well, now here's here is the thing, because I, 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 there's a couple of things. I, I, you don't require much tweaking. I am a an unbelievable mess. See, here's the know. thing. I think the same is true in reverse when I edit the drugs. Mm, that's interesting. So I, th- I think it's one hundred percent. We're just hypercritical. Of yeah. Well, there, there is that. There is that. But, but honestly, I would... when I edit yeah. the drugs, mm-hmm. there's a lot of editing you when you're not talking. Yes, and that's the majority of it. I don't know these fucking headsets, man. The most of my time that is spent editing that is not show note related is literally whatever the making me not sound like an emphasis emphasematic fat man who's run up a flight of stairs uh you know as soon as i stop talking like when i'm talking it's this is okay but like this the parts where you're talking it's all me being like (laughs) or it's you scratching your beard which is my favorite thing. Oh, yeah, the beard scratchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, there's this is what people listen to this podcast for us being like, listen, the things you don't normally hear. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, the thing that's funny is, is you will kind of mention like, yeah, I kind of tightened our points, which I, 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 I never do. The closest that I, the closest that I do is because we talk in two hour long chunks, as, as you know. When we call back, there's a little bit of gabbity gab before we get back into yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and you dump that. Yeah, and I dump that. because In part because I want it to seem seamless, not to have us say, like, yeah, that's what I thought. Boop, boop, boop. You know, so. I, that, was, that in itself would be hilarious. I think so as well, but I context. Honestly, for me, um I could probably clean up my heavy breathing, my beard scratching, and cut uh, one or two of your, uh, you know, you do you your dramatic pauses, and I don't even think they're oh, meant to be no, dramatic. I, I I edit the shit out of those and drop. Yeah, because they're not intentional dramatic pauses. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. They're, they're, they're just like pauses, but there's ones where I have really, you know, there's been five or five or six seconds, and I'm like, oh Jesus! Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I was like about a stroke. Like, yeah, yeah, you're very quiet, and and of course, there's a a thing that I have to edit out, which is you do pause as you're putting together your things, and I'm I'm such a cheerleader. That's part of where the uh huh, mm, mm, yeah, huh, and 
which I have to dump most of those. Never more so, although I leave some of them in because 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 I because honestly, people should know what they're dealing with. The personal fraud that is Jeff Lester is when I say something affirmational uh, like yes about something I don't know, or when you go 180 degrees different to to the point <laughs> you're thinking I was making. And I'm like, oh, and so it's like yes, I didn't know that. You, you know, know it's really like, weird about mm, the last rock. What? You and I talked over each other so much more than we normally do. Really? Oh. Yeah. Huh. I, in particular, and I'm saying this just like in an informational way, not an accusatory way, you talked over me and interrupted me so much more than normal in the last drunk. Interesting. I wonder why. Oh! I, yeah. I think I think something might have been up with the headsets. Because Maybe. There, were point, there were points when I was editing where I literally separated the tracks. So you could hear me finish a sentence and you start. Oh. But like I... on the actual recording... You're 100% just talking over me. Maybe, maybe it fell, maybe it, do you think it fell out of sync? Because I I don't know. I don't think, I don't remember being quite that much that way. Although I do feel like um, that last rock was, was kind of, you were like, well, there's nothing to say about this one, really. It's a restricted case file. So I'm like, wow, hold on. I want to talk about all kinds of things, Graham. You're wrong. Look at this. So there were, no, it was really be funny because I was editing it and I was like, I just have to keep separating these things. Otherwise, because oh, the other thing is, and I think it's because you're working off your recordings. You're always like 30 percent louder than me. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I so know. The points yeah. Literally, you can't hear me finish a sentence. No, I know. It is, <laughs> and it it is the bad. funniest thing. Yeah, it might have it might have been us out of sync. I'm not quite sure because because I'll, I'll tell you honestly, I mean, maybe GarageBand doesn't work this way. But in Audacity, we are in two separate audio tracks at all times. Yeah, time. yeah. No, no, same, same okay, good, sure. good, good. So, cause, so I, I sync lock the tracks, um, and and that makes it easier for me to just mute my track because of the – sometimes there's a little bit of the overlappy thing. But I don't know if it is the headset and my recording, but yes, I'm always louder than you by, like you said, about 30%. And one of the things that I've started noticing is when you're through and I start talking again, my volume spikes way up. And I don't know if that's the the noise reducing headset or if that is um, I, like I get so emphatic when I start speaking, I jump in with like a, a loud yes kind of thing. And then it mellows out. And I, I, I'm, I think it might be the latter exacerbated by the former. I don't know. Basically, it's a miracle that we continue to do this considering how much I, I don't want to say hate myself because I think that's overselling <laughs> it. But, you know, like just I, I sometimes I wish I wish you were editing. Uh, you were doing a podcast with another guy that I could listen to and I didn't have to edit it. So, yeah, that would be. That'd be awesome. No, I would. I know it's. I'm sorry. I'm doing the podcast with you. That's that's it. That's that's. <laughs> the that's is that your takeaway? I too am upset. That, yes, Jeff. Uh, well, see, listeners, there we go. I'm saying just no. I'm saying just the upset. I'm saying I don't need to a podcast. podcast with you. Oh, oh, oh! I see. I somehow heard that very wrong. <laughs> I, I apparently. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I got despite the 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 manic face. I have to say. The I don't know if you've seen the like it's the three Spider-Man pointing at each other and it's yes. sort of like my my COVID depression, the election depression and seasonal affective depression. But I I am 
in a, in the most jovial, happy sense. Utterly fucking miserable these last couple of weeks. Oh, hard. Why? Well, it's it's all purely my for I think all this other stuff. My seasonal affective disorder just is, which is always very very mild, but it's always but it's there. But this is the strongest. Now, interestingly enough, because I feel like people people are, um, you know, this is a comics podcast, and we talk about comics, and therefore. People who are sitting here right now are like, oh, good. Jeff is going to talk about one of his crucial college romance breakups. Um, but like back when I was, I think, 19, um, I totally had like this crazy bad breakup with with the girlfriend of, I think, about two years. And it was it was it was a bad it was a bad breakup it was not a good situation it was about as dysfunctional as it comes and it what i did out of the interest of pure dysfunction and uh, completely unconsciously was um i more or less started uh, immediately as soon as i broke it off with someone i started going out with someone else and that someone else i took like not just one, it was like a force multiplier. All of the love and affection that I had um, more or less been weaned off of in the first relationship, I just doubled down. Um, so I was convinced I was head over heels in love with this person that really, honestly, I barely knew. And we were not really compatible apart from our music tastes. And among other things I've learned is this is how I know that honestly you never really go by musical compatibility tastes i think for in a partner i mean certainly it helps but it's not it's not what i would call primary anyway got my ass dumped within like two or three weeks and the thing that's crazy is i had instead of going home for christmas this was the year that i decided i was going to stay in the city and instead of leaving the dorms i was going to move into uh, an, an apartment with uh, friends and I was going to get a job, uh, which I did. I started, I started working in a bar as a, as a bouncer. Um, and there's two things that are funny about that. Uh, one of those things is, is that I was maybe 140 pounds. So the idea of me being throwing someone out was like, it was it, the idea is like is it's it's like if Gumby came up to you and tried. I know to throw I'm, you I'm out. like Jeff. That's that's like me throwing someone. Out. Yeah, no, totally, <laughs> totally, one hundred percent, totally. And also, uh, the drinking age in California is twenty one. The job I was nineteen, so I, I had this was kind of not really kosher. This bar they had a tendency to like if you came in. Um, and someone vouched for you, they wouldn't check your ID. So my friend who was <laughs> over 21 got me to come in because he was working there. I was hanging out, became a quote unquote regular. And then when I needed a job, they're like, sure, we'll hire you. So I never had to fill out a employment paperwork, any of that stuff. It was all sort of a handshake kind of deal, which meant that I was not just me at 130 pounds, like throwing people out of the bar, but I was technically throwing out people that were older than me for being too young to come into yeah, exactly. the bar. You were, you were less 
able to be there legally. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was, yeah. Yeah. It was so, it, so, so the layers and layers of deception and self-deception were profound. And like I said, I got dumped. Uh, and then the people I was supposed to uh, move in with the, the roommate deal was a bad deal. Um, like the apartment. So it fell through and they didn't care because they both lived in the Bay Area. But suddenly I had like nowhere to live. Uh, I was working, uh, staying up until like, you know, working until 2.30 in the morning, getting home, getting to bed around 4 a.m. It was cold. It was miserable. I was uh, staying with my friend who put me up and they were they were painting. Um, oh, I bet this is part of it. They They were painting their apartment. And I had gotten dumped by this woman who, again, like it just broke my heart in like 15 places. So all of which is to say this, for whatever reason, this winter here in our house, because it is technically our second Christmas, which is amazing. Our anniversary of moving into this house was Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So so we're here. We even had a Christmas before. Somehow, for whatever reason, A, this kind of feels like the first one for me, maybe because I was just so um, overwhelmed by the move. But also, um, I realize now, like, Edie's been painting her office, and it's cold out. And and I think it's just enough sensory um, uh, stimulus that I'm, that I'm just miserable. I'm just, I just, I just feel, I walk outside and the air is crisp. And I mean, it looks beautiful. Um, and I just feel sad and like, I just want to, I just want to, I don't want to really die, but you know, that kind of it, to me, one of the things I do like about seasonal affective uh, depression is, is that I don't, I, that, thank God for bears is all I have to say, because I can be like, you know, I just wish I could go into my room and hibernate for three months. Like literally that's it. I don't want to end it all or anything. I just want to check out for just like two or three months, be warm and just always be asleep. And, um, and so that's that's kind of been the motif of the last week, which is a shame because, I mean, it's it's been beautiful. Thanksgiving was fantastic. A few days coming back after Thanksgiving were kind of um, uh, 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 a, a punch in the balls. But the, the other three days were not. Um, we put up the Christmas tree and decorated it. Uh, you know, I sent you guys that advent calendar. So we felt very holly jolly, you know, it was all that part's great. But, uh, but at the under core of it is also just this like, okay, you guys are all great. I'm, you know, like, I'm just going to crawl into the bedroom and come out in February and see what things are like, which of course, I mean, is also, what with the election and all so it just sort of seems like i think a lot of people <laughs> are like, like doesn't seem like the worst idea yeah 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 exactly most people were like i had my thing set for like 54 days or whatever it is but i'm basically done with it so that's why that's why i i've i've got to tell you i am kind of the opposite because it's the holidays jeff oh i know I love yeah. the holidays i know you do like I am not exaggerating when I say that basically today has been listening to Christmas music mm-hmm. or watching Christmas movies and like fucking decorating a tree. Yeah. Yeah, see? And... I am I am like 
you know, I am I'm so in that headspace that at some point you're going to start talking and I'm just going to be like David Bowie singing with uh, Bing Crosby. <laughs> You'll be like, and so I thought this coming was, and I'll be like, peace on earth, and then like that'll be it. We'll just God be doing to man. Pa, 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 pa. Pa, 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 okay. That's how. Oh, see, I was I was watching that earlier as well. <laughs> With a wonderful, surreal conversation ahead of it. That's great. Like, you've seen the video, right? Uh, so you're uh, you're you're my nearby neighbor. Uh... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and what's he, fine. And one time, actually asks him, "So, what do people like you do for Christmas?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Well, it's so and also fun. it's just a set. You know, cause, so there's also that thing of, so you're, you're, my, you're my neighbor. Yes, that's right. Yeah, but David Boy goes through this whole thing about, like, I've heard about you. You're the, you're the like, the black sheep of the family. You're the poor one in the family. You're a singer, right? And, then, oh, it's it's so great. But, no, I am, I am you know, I, I am in my element right now. Yes. I'm just like, it's, it's the holidays. And like, I have to say, I'm cool. really relieved. I'm really relieved. I was actually worried since 2020 has been such a, a, a face eater of a year that I was like, God, what if Graham doesn't have his, can't find his holiday spirit? Oh me? no, my holiday spirit find me 100%. Like, I, I, and part of it, I think is that it has been such a shitty year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just like, oh, but you, you know, you get to have the 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 saccharine, you know, sent. Excuse me, saccharine sentiment. The you know, all of the 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 goodwill, which is uh, real, but but also. I don't know, like fake at the same time, but sincere and insincere at the same time. There's something about that that very much appeals to me, and and this year I'm really appreciating that. This year mm-hmm. I'm really appreciating mm-hmm. the the goodwill. Mm-hmm. Again, whether sincere or insincere, well, is something it. that yeah, I'm finding yeah. myself very very appreciative for. I, I think this year has been so brutal that I will I will genuinely take uh, insincere kindness. <laughs> You know, it's a step up. It's a step up. It is a step but, up. But from the, what the we've other been thing, doing. the thing yeah. that's funny is, uh, I find myself much more sentimental. Mm. Uh, it's the point where people in the UK know about this. People in America probably don't. But John Lewis is a is a department store. Oh yeah, it's famous for doing Christmas ad- adverts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the Christmas adverts are just like literally exist to in your heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year's isn't absolutely no different. It's, mm. you know, basically the theme of that where is like, be kind, mm-hmm. pass on to other people. And I am shit you not when I say I teared up watching it. Oh, that's great. You know? and, well, it is and it isn't. Like, it's, I mean, it's completely, again, insincere sentiment that 100% got to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it, there is something about this year where I'm like, you know, I was going to say we made it, but that's perhaps... You know, knock on wood, we made it. We've, we've still got, you know, four weeks left. Right. But is some element of, it's been such a brutal year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sentiment and the, 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 the kindness and the goodwill are f- f- even more appreciated than normal for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I didn't have any problem getting Christmas this year. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I was watching all the end, all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. 
You've never seen Holiday Inn? No. Holiday Inn's amazing. Holiday Inn is – god, I don't know what year it was. It was black and white, so 40s, like late 40s maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire and I can't remember the name of the female lead. Um, and it's – the theme is Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire are co-workers who are also rivals. They're both showbiz, but Bing retires because he wants to be – he 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 starts off the the, the, sh- the film starts off on Christmas Eve and he's basically like fuck this shit, you know if you're in show business you have to work extra at the holidays you have to do an extra show, mm-hmm. but if you have a real job you get to take it off. Mm-hmm. Fuck this shit, I'm going to go and have have a farm, and then he very quickly a farm. Well, Sorry. that's just it. He very quickly, <laughs> like, with, the error of his ways. With, like, what's the like, worst job to like? Yeah, yeah. Oh. He very quickly realizes the error of his ways. And like that's a terrible idea. What I'm going to do is I'm going to turn my farm into an inn that I only open on holidays. Oh, I see. Got it. And I'm going to because I'm a successful, you know, it's all the successful showbiz friends all show up, and then. Well, no. So he's, because he's a successful entertainer, there's going right. to be an original show that will bring everyone there, and it'll be so successful he'll only have to open. He works it out. It's like 15 days a year or something. Oh, I see. And the rest of the time he get he has off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's 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 hijinks back and forth. But because of this, you get holiday songs it's mm-hmm. all just holiday songs you get songs for fourth of july you get songs for thanksgiving white christmas came from holiday Inn. oh i see white christmas was written for holiday Inn. um that rap song oh. that, that that includes holiday inn what yeah hotel motel holiday inn right that's the is that that's yes, what it's from that was, right that was our berlin you're right that was our berlin okay um, I, I thought it was only strange when it somehow became a hip-hop staple but i mean it makes sense when you said the title i'm like oh <laughs> oh that's where holiday inns come from hotel motel holiday inn um, but there's also a song in there called abraham for abraham lincoln's birthday which is you know all old films have racist components it's like they just do Abraham is breathtaking. Oh Jeff. God! Oh God! First of all, it's performed in blackface. Of course. However, the only black character in the entire film gets one line of the song, and what do you think would be the most offensive thing, like something that is genuinely jaw dropping, that she could say in that like one line? Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. She talks about how Abraham Lincoln, and I quote, set the darkies free. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, in a no. song where all, all the other lines are sung by white people in blackface. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's, I mean, it's it's something that you feel ugly watching. Oh, right. I, just hearing about it, I'm like, but oh. Problem, it's also arguably the catchiest song in the entire fucking film. Of course. Because of course it is. Uh, yeah, Holiday Inn is is a wonderful film. It's really good despite that. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I I highly recommend it. It's very fun. Thank, uh, thank but, goodness all your have, years of I, it, training I, I, as a white person, yeah. Graham, have allowed you to overlook that racism. That's no, no, definitely I, a perk. That's, it's terrible. I kind <laughs> of want you to watch that on YouTube just to see if you too. Like just, I think I almost died listening to the description. No, I can't it. imagine. Blackout. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Oh Graham! Wow! Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that is part of the Christmas spirit. Jesus. 
Uh, Holiday Inn. So, what other what other holiday movies would you recommend for the the fledgling holiday movie neophyte like myself? Um, let's see. Do you want a do you want a holiday holiday movie or do you want the like diehard thing where it's it's a holiday movie but it's not really a holiday movie? No, no. I want your list of what okay. are the holiday movies um, that you watch. Holiday Inn, White Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas in Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Elf. Really? Okay, great. Yeah, I, I really like Elf. Uh, lots of uh, people do. And what's her name is apparently fabulous in it. So her song there is just. Oh, it's always Deschanel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? See, because then I go weird. I'm like, The Thin Man, which isn't really a Christmas film, but takes place at Christmas. And there's a wonderful Christmas party scene in there mm-hmm. that just, I mean, a joy, a fucking joy to watch. Right. Um, shit, what else? I don't know what else to do. Like, because I like a lot of shit holiday films, and there's That's lots of... I... Yeah, I mean, but you don't you do not do... And I mean, I no judge you, of course, because this is a, a, a comic book podcast, but you're not, like, Hallmark holiday movies. Oh, I will happily watch a Hallmark holiday movie. Oh, That's you not... okay. I will happily watch, like, the first ten minutes and then realize I don't actually want to see it. Oh, okay. But theory i like the hallmark holiday movies mm, mm-hmm. does that make sense uh, yeah i think so there's there's an incredible number of shitty holiday movies on on netflix for example yeah yeah um and again they're like weirdly fun if you have no respect for yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so speaking yeah, of which some, have you seen yeah. that uh, there was quite a lot of talk about the the christian story lesbian i haven't closeted for the holidays on my list okay Mm -hmm. the happiest season um which i would be watching not for kristen stewart but for mackenzie davis who i have adored ever since uh uh, catch fire right right did you but you say that but did you see the most recent terminator movie i did did that's not true did i see half of it yes did i watch (laughs) it because Davis? Yes. Did I give up because it's terrible? Yes. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, I hated it. <laughs> really? Why? What? 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 I, it's there was beyond eye rolling. I don't think it actually elicited any other response from me. Mm. Any mm. of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, fuck, really, fuck. Mm. Oh shit, fuck, really. That was it. I the Terminator franchise is amazing. I think in terms of how many shit movies it is produced. Um, and and so there's like, you know, the first one, which is in its way kind of perfect. The second one, which depending on who you ask, is either more perfect or, you know, off but acceptable due to a number of factors. And then from that point on, there's like one Terminator movie that everybody tries to half-heartedly um you know make a case for but it's never the same movie so and so yeah the most recent one with Mackenzie, what's her name uh jumping around in the tank top that is that's the one that i would i would uh i would go to town for i also i also like but i mean i hear saying would you really go to town for or is it just better than the others because don't get me wrong I thought it was shit, but it was better than Genesis. It was better than Salvation. Uh, you know, is Salvation the Christian Bale one? 
Yes. Yeah, that one. That one is by far the. Well, I can't say that's by no, far the dirtiest. I think Genesis is really, really fucking bad. I think Genesis might be the worst. Eh, it's it's yeah, it is. It's horrible. It's horrible. It might have worked if they had. Well, no. Let's put it this way. It would have been okay if they hadn't spoiled it in the trailer because that's sort of a. That's actually one of the more fun twists, kind of, but. But it only sort of takes it then from, you know, like just atrocious to uh, to, to bad. I actually, although I'm not crazy about any of the cast, um, I liked I liked the Claire Danes one kind of. That was the one I used to boost. Terminator for. Three, right? Yeah, Terminator Three. Yeah, uh, Judgment Day. No, Day of Judgment, maybe. Rise I'm... of the Machines. Yeah. Judgment Day is the second one. Yeah, that's why I was like, uh, that can't be it. Rise of the Machines, right? I knew there was an oven there. Rise of the Machines, good, good. Um, some really good practical special effects in there, which I I have to say I liked. And then, are you a fan of the Terminator franchise? Well, like, I mean, is it something where you'd be like, I like Terminator, or is it just like, I like the first two Terminator films? Well, see, that that was kind of my point. The rest of it's all horrible, but I guess I like the first two enough to where it's like, um, well... Like, it sounds like you've seen all the other ones, put it that way. Well, I have, but but the the first three are the only three that I saw in the movie theater. Let's put it that way. The other three are like, they all came to HBO at various times that we had and I watched them. That's all. And I, and I don't even think that I watched, uh, the Christian Bale one until after I had already watched, uh, Genesis, I think. So, so I mean, honestly, wow, you doubled back for the Christian Bale. One. Yeah. I feel there's another one. How many Terminator films have there been? I, I mean, it's five, six, no, four, five, six, six. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look it up. I'm There's six, it, and then, so. oh, what I love are the people, because I'm, I'm not, this is how you know I'm not a Terminator fan. I'm not someone who talks about where the Universal Studios ride fits and makes a case for why it's the third best Terminator movie. But I, <laughs> what about the people TV who do show? That. Do you remember the TV show? Yeah, 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 I do. Some people are really into it, and that's it. I never watched a single episode. So, I mean, I think I, that... I remember watching the first episode. Mm. I think I watched some of the second season as well, weirdly. Because mm. that was all during the io9 days as well. well so I was about to say, like, I, I, I dipped were, in and out. Yeah, io9 were kind of boosters about it. Oh, God, yeah. Anley yeah. and Charlie were, were wild about the TV show. Yeah, exactly. So, I was just like, mm, eh, nah. Nah, it's not going to work for me. I mean, again, it's so so I think there's that level of I mean, it's kind of it's part it's part of why no Hollywood studio really wants to gamble on original IP anymore, because people like me are like, oh, Terminator, I like the first two. And this one has Louis C.K. is the Terminator. I'll check it out, you know, and that's and that is that is bad thinking i i'm aware that it's bad but you know i mean it's sort of the way of like would you say i'm an alien fan i don't really think of myself as an alien fan which i know we were talking about but i mean i've seen almost all of the movies in that franchise that's and... where i was gonna go next because yeah. as you know like chloe and i watched all of the alien franchise right Right. Like and, in, in October, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, I think quick succession. And it made me go, I think I have a fan of the Alien franchise. No, see, which is amazing to me. I mean, you know, which is great. I mean, I, I don't mean that in a that. critical way. I no, just but I would have said a, that. Yeah, exactly. People, like, essentially binge watching the series. Yeah, right. And I had seen 
all of those films before, mm-hmm. apart from Alien Resurrection, which, yeah, that's the that's the Joss Whedon one, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen all of them except for Resurrection before, mm-hmm. um, and Resurrection was by far the worst. It's so so bad, mm-hmm. um, but but I wouldn't have said like I'm a big fan, and yet watching them one after another, I was like, I feel like I have a new respect. I think I can, you know. Uh, recognize the tropes, recognize the recurring themes mm-hmm. a lot better. But I watched Dark Fates again on Netflix or HBO or something, mm-hmm. like something where I didn't have to pay for it. Right. Um, wondering if it was going to make me do the same thing for the Terminator films. And it said it literally just made me exhausted. Well, but it's not the same thing, right? With With all due respect, I mean, I get it. But what if you had binge watched all the Terminator movies? I personally think you would have been dead by the time you got to Dark Age because I think you would have, you and Chloe just would have leapt out of. No, 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 no. But 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 what I meant was like I was I wondered if I was going to watch Dark Fate and then be like, I'm totally into this. I want to go back and revisit. You know, but that's not how you did the Alien movies, though, right? Like, didn't you guys consciously sit down? You didn't watch the last Covenant and then jump back and watch them all. No, but it started because uh, I think Prometheus was on HBO Max, right? I think it started with Prometheus. It in that you guys watched it, or that you guys yeah, I went back. Oh, I see. Okay, well, all right, then maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe I mean around the same time, you know. I also saw that that I was surprised how much I liked the Thing prequel. Oh, really? Years ago, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's a prequel. I didn't quite realize. It's a prequel. Huh. Hmm. I did not. I didn't wait. Is that the? Huh. Tell me more about it, please. It's from like 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. As Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, and a bunch of people who you, like, I didn't recognize other than that. Mm-hmm. And they discover a crash, a crash spaceship mm-hmm. with an alien. And so she is like a, a biologist who is part of a team that goes to investigate it. And, of course, the alien turns out to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And hijinks slash essentially the same film as the first one to ensue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, it is basically a retread of the first film hmm. uh but they set things up like it ends up with everyone or everyone that's not true it ends up with everyone dead mm-hmm. with like, the one survivor and i think the thing like both going to the station mm. that the, the first film takes place in hmm. huh. interesting interesting okay uh yeah maybe i would check that out i don't know Huh. It's on again. It's on something, right? HBO Max, or I think hmm. it's a, it, it's a, it might not be anymore. But it was one of those things again where it popped up in something, right? And I was like, "Is that the the, the original thing?" And it was not. It was the prequel. Hmm. Well, the, yes, the the, yeah, the, the prequel the to the remake. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The prequel to the Carpenter one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, huh? But... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Written by uh, the guy who wrote Arrival. Oh, interesting. Eric okay. Hmm. Who then went on to write some stuff for Valiant for a while. Yeah, that's right. Which you, I remember you thinking. Which that, I liked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The first, uh, oh, Graham, Graham, Graham. You know, I, we could talk about this for a while and should. <laughs> we, have, of course. we have like, it's, you know, it, you can tell it's been a while since we've recorded one because we are not on topic. No, we're not. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
that's how i mean the drocks are good for keeping me reined in but normally i'm like ah grant tell me what's between your toes to, to get back yeah to what we were saying before that's why i edit the drocks more because mm. mm-hmm. i feel the drocks are should be more on topic yeah i think that is well yeah i think so i think so i mean let's put it this way Sometimes the digressions are short. It depends if it's a. Sometimes the digressions are worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and sometimes they are not. Yes, and when they're not, I tend to cut them. That I think that's smart. I think that's smart. So I think that there is some interesting uh, comics news. There's certainly some very interesting entertainment news. Uh, at least for those of us who again are we are we once again talking about HBO Max? I think we I think we have to at least briefly because I think that I think it's an interesting because we were talking about previously. I think that it it for me and I could be wrong. It ties into the Joss Whedon news if we want to talk about that and the oh Terrence I don't, I don't know about the Joss Whedon news. Oh he he's he's literally departing his show the Nevers um that's coming to HBO Max you know he he's he is he's no. leaving that show he's out he's out and a lot of people think that it's because of the ongoing the supposed uh, investigation that's happening uh that Ray Fisher it is that's his name Yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that Ray Fisher had uh got going at Warner Brothers based over uh, mistreatment of people uh, on the side of Justice League. I unfortunately think that it is more closely tied to the other big piece of news, which is that they Warner Brothers announced that HBO Max, that all of Warner's 2021 slate, essentially everything after Wonder Woman 84, which is debuting on HBO Max, for 2021 will be debuting on HBO Max and in the theaters at the same time, which is, yes, yeah, that's, which is a big fucking deal. That is an enormous fucking game changer. It's it's enough of a big deal that I found out at THR before it broke. And I honestly didn't believe it. I thought people were pranking me. Oh, I, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because they're like, everything Warner's is releasing is going to be available on HBO Max for no extra cost mm-hmm. for a month. Yeah. And I was like, no. And they're like, no shit, really? Yeah. Like, that includes Dune. That includes, you know, Suicide Squad. That includes yeah. everything. Yeah. And I was like, no, everything? And they're like, no, everything. Yeah. Every Warner Brothers release That's is right. going to be in theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. And for no but extra But only for fee. a month. And yeah. then, it, then it fucks off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, oh, God, I can't even, I can't even claim now in a way it almost would make sense if they did it for say the first two weeks i guess and by like in a way it makes sense in that the way that uh theater distribution deals are scored like the first week of release the majority of the intake at the door does not go to the theater. It goes directly to the studio. The studio gets like, I don't remember if it's, it used to be 80%. I don't know if that's changed. I remember people flipping out when some studio tried to make it 90%, but that was a long time ago. But the longer a a movie plays in release, the more of the percentage that the theater sees. Now, the theater, of course, makes its money on the popcorn and the soda, which costs, you know, literal pennies on the pound. Uh, and everything is outrageously marked up because they see so little of the the ticket fee 
Um, especially in the opening, which is when, you know, many movies make the largest amount of their money and then fucks off. So you could say that Warner Brothers, by saying like, oh, this is only going to be on HBO for Max for a month, means that, you know, all they're really doing is they're just giving up 80% of their take, you know. But the the idea of that is A, insane, B, you know, of course, COVID is still going to be a thing for most of, if not all of 2021. Um, but for me, it's very much this thing of they need HBO to succeed. They need HBO to succeed. The number of people that said like, oh, I'm going to get HBO Max um, for 30 days for free, watch Wonder Woman 84 and then and then quit it like. I think the people at Warner's were like, that's not what we want. We need them locked in. We can't, we've yeah. got to have higher retention well, than just 30 days. It's also worth pointing out that they've taken away the free trial. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, that, which makes sense. So they've taken away the free trial. They are um, doing a discount for people who sign up for, I think it's like six months, nine months. They're really hoping they'll, they'll do anything <laughs> literally anything to get people to join HBO Max because they have all their eggs in that basket. And my theory is, as an extension of that, they are flipping the fuck out and the amount of oversight slash notes slash uh, creative... Uh, finagling and tampering that they are doing with the shows that they have coming up are strong enough that certain people are like, "Fuck this! This is this this is not this is not what I signed up for when I signed up for an HBO show." And I'm I'm ninety percent sure that's the case for Terrence Winter in particular. I I kind of think I, that it's the case for Joss Whedon and the Nevers. I really do. I, yeah, I, I don't know about Joss Whedon. I honestly think the Joss Whedon thing might be more that I think Warner Brothers is getting out of the Joss Whedon business. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe. Just just because of um, everything that's going on with Justice League, basically. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, and I mean, uh, Whedon is, it can, is a little thin-skinned, uh, to the at least by Hollywood standards, in that he will talk about it in interviews about how much he hates being a creative who gets thrown under the bus, essentially. And there is no greater um, rewrite of history slash bus throwing maneuver than Warner Brothers pivoting back to Snyder after pivoting to Whedon. Um, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There's all this other stuff that's coming out, but the amount of stuff that, that directors do that are just that shitty and atrocious on Hollywood sets, I've yet to hear anything really that I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's as bad as, you know, I mean, admittedly I'm sort of out of date. Most, most of my examples of bad directorial behavior from the seventies, where it's just like ghastly stuff you know but um and those people went on to win oscars and keep working but you know <laughs> my, uh, I, but the terrace winter thing i don't know because on the one hand i can definitely see it but on the other hand he'd signed up for like a spin-off of a 
Batman movie. Right. The idea that you could do that and not expect to be micromanaged seems at best naive to me. Not, but see, that's it. It was HBO. You know what I but mean? But it wasn't. It wasn't. It was HBO Max. But nobody, those guys were told over and over again or else they thought they were big enough that it didn't apply to them. When Joss Whedon signed up to do The Nevers, it was it was he HBO. Yes, it was an HBO but show. Win, no, but, but Winter, Winter is up, definitely it was an HBO, HBO Max, Max, and it was and it was a spinoff of yep, Batman. Absolutely, but he'd also like, done all these other series for HBO. You know what I mean? I sure, think he sure, thought he was again, immune. I think he yeah, thought he I, was immune, and he was not. I think I think he was insanely naive. If that's the case, because the idea that you can sign up for because very like very clearly ahead of time, at least to creatives, they were saying that HBO Max is not HBO. No, I, I like the I, idea I, that yes. some yeah. could think the same rules applied. <laughs> I again, I think is either willful ignorance or naivety. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're going, yeah, I'm doing the spin-off to the Batman film. I, like, you can't think that you're going to get away with whatever you want there. You, I mean, that's that's insane to me. Unless you literally are watching Gotham or Pennyworth and thinking, yep, they're definitely making exactly the show they want to make. Well, you know, the thing that's actually hilarious to me is the fact that Gotham was made by an HBO alum. Like, I I loved Rome. I mean, of course, that guy then went on to do, like, 97 seasons of The Mentalist or uh, whatever it was called. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, clearly, but, you know, what's his name? Bruno Mars, uh, Bettelheim. Uh, he, he, you know, he ha he did a great job with Rome. That was hugely entertaining and educational and had boobies and heads being cut off and, 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 you know, in a, in a good HBO way. So it's kind of ironic. I was like, God, what if winter leaves and they just go back and get Bruno Bettelheim again? That would be amazing. Oh no, please not. Like we, we've already, we've already done Gotham. Well, oh my God. Gotham, Gotham again has done Gotham. Oh my goodness. Well, anyway, so I think that... Goth I thought don't forget, pretty... Gotham ended with him actually becoming Batman. Yeah, you say that. But, I mean, I'm sort of like... that. To me, that's like a sign that they were already done. No, but he didn't change the actor, is my point. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you know, he, so he hit puberty, you know? Like, I don't know. Was that bad? <laughs> How... I didn't... I gotta admit, I stopped watching after maybe the end of season two. I don't even yeah, know if I, I made it I, into I season think three. I, I think that's... I think that's around when I bails as well. Yeah, so I mean, I literally... um, I, I came back for the last couple of episodes and I was like, very much, what is this show? And also, this is exactly the same show, <laughs> right? Exactly. I, I, like, I, what was your relationship with um, with Smallville? Well, see, that's it. I had no relation. My relationship with Smallville was hearing you uh, summarize episodes when we would talk. Because it, it's Smallville did the same thing, but Smallville was exactly. also on for roughly seven million years, right. and so the idea that he he grew into the role of Superman, he did. Like, well, he, yeah, because I mean, he was that, like uh, a twenty-something-year-old playing a seventeen-year-old or something. That was they yeah. got they had an actual kid. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. By then, he's literally thirty-something, but also they've 
one of the few things you'll hear me say that the Smallville did right was they <laughs> clearly knew that they were approaching the end. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, we can start laying groundwork that you can believe that he is actually, you know, properly becoming Superman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So he, for want of a better way of putting it, gets his shit together. Again, it's Smallville, so he gets his shit together in a Smallville way. But still... <laughs> Let me guess, somebody stumbles on a, uh, a, a kryptonite meteor in a cornfield and becomes <laughs> the bowel compactor? Uh, and... I, 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 it's been so long, I don't really remember other than uh, Lois definitely becomes a reporter. Uh, they, I think Lex Luthor comes back into it mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. For some reason. I, I, can't, I can't remember, but I remember that they actually did something where you start to think, okay, I, I could buy this guy Superman now as opposed to, you know, dumb Superman, which is what he was for the majority of the show. Um, but but Gotham, like the last few episodes of Gotham, it really was, you know, bless that poor actor. It really was like, okay, so give it another 10 years and I might buy your Batman. Right. But right now, Damian Wayne, you mm. really are. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. Oh, Gotham. Well, anyway, so yes, whatever's going to happen with the Batman show slash Gotham Central. Graham McMillan declares to Terrence, War- Terrence Winter, you were being naive. Exactly. I yeah, Exactly. Sorry, Terrence Winter. Like, I know he listens. He did, you know, can't rule it out, Graham. I just wanted to say it like it was I, a I big headline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I think you're probably right, which is hey, good. Because, talk- yeah, mm, yeah. No, I was no. supposed to say, while we're talking about HBO Max, um, the Naomi show. Oh, is that going to HBO Max? Is that what that that, that I only heard about it in passing because something else went into. Uh, it it might not be HBO Max. I'm fairly sure it's HBO Max. It's um, it's Ava DuVernay's doing it. Oh, that's great. Oh, right, right, right. Because somebody was like, ah, New Gods is dead or something. And people are yes, like, no, you can do more thing. than one thing. You know? yeah. yeah, that was the weirdest thing that everyone was like, yeah, so that means the New Gods movie's dead. And it's like, well, why? why? Yeah. Why is, why is the New Gods movie dead just because she's also producing? Sorry, it's not HBO Max. It's the CW. Oh, thank you. CW, which is a better fit. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. It, it, no, it probably is. Um, but it's... It, the idea that you know this means she can't also do a film is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like hands on to they think she's going to be in a CW show. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah. That is a good question. That is the question on everyone. Because the mind. answer is not that hands on. Yeah. It's a CW show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I. Well, no, but it's like you may or may not remember when her uh, involvement with um, DMZ was announced. Mm-hmm. They were like, Ava DuVernay is making DMZ for for HBO Max. And then, you know, when we heard more about it, it's like, Ava DuVernay has looked at, at DMZ for HBO Max. Yep. And here's who's actually being the executive. Right. Here's the showrunner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not Ava DuVernay. Yeah. So we'll see. That was kind of weird, though. Uh, Naomi, um, I'm very, very happy for, for David F. Walker. I think that is fabulous news and uh jamal inkle i think and yes, and, I and what's and his name the bio they yeah, the bald one yeah he's a, yeah, i'm the, happy yeah, for him the too. old guy yeah, yeah um exactly. yeah no yeah i'm uh i i think it's a good fit to be honest uh i think they are also going to 
very quickly burn through the what was it six issues of Naomi I was public? about to say exactly she's appeared like nine times I think by now I you know but yeah no I mean they're gonna burn through that mighty fast um especially because I don't know if they're gonna be able to do the rest of the DCU I mean they might they could I guess but you know what I, I mean like in exact well they could put it in the same like you know the flash and right. supergirl and batwoman and like all of that and so you have all of that but yeah but normally i think that was normally tied to one producer the producer verse you know but maybe i would hope they would because you can't i mean part of the hook of naomi is that she is inspired by superman and then finds out she's got all these weird deep ties to the dcu but also propelled beyond the dcu so i mean you know i i wish them I, all the best i think I, it's great i think it, it's great it would uh, given the character's portrayal in the comics mm-hmm. it would feel weird for her to be for want of a better way of putting it fangirling out over generic superheroes mm-hmm do you know I mean, what I mean? Like, yeah. if it's not Superman, then I feel that you've missed something. Especially when it's on the same channel as a fucking Superman show. Right. Right, right, right. Well, you I know, mean, it, yeah. it, would, it would seem like an unknown goal, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. And DC, I mean, everybody's sort of, God knows, everyone's realized the value of synergy. So I'm sure that, I'm sure that everything was contractually worked out in such a way that et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, that's um, uh, any other either nerd entertainment news or comics news worth blabbing about? Uh, I'm sure. I know I you're on vacation, com- so it's unfair. I, I feel there's definitely comics news. I, I'm 100% blanking on it. Oh, well, DC's just announced a bunch of, of, of things for March. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right, right. There's a new Swamp Thing book uh, by the same creators who are doing the Future State Swamp Thing. Right, many. Um, the creators from the Future State Wonder Woman book are taking over Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new Suicide Squad book from the writer of Future State Suicide Squad. Right. So uh, there's, there's a, yeah. ba- basically Future State, while simultaneously like a flash forward, is also the starting point for a bunch of new creative teams. Right. Right. In um, sort of I a read weird a bunch of Future. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I read a bunch of Future State books. Uh, recently, uh huh, and I got to be honest, I was surprised how much I liked them. Oh, really? Oh, that's a yeah. relief. Swamp Thing in particular, I thought was great. Uh, Swamp Thing was very much not what I expected, mm-hmm. but if nothing else, just the look of that fucking book makes me really excited for the the ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful fucking comic. Mm-hmm. Um, the, Joelle Jones Wonder Woman is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, she's she's not the one taking over the regular title. It's Becky Clune and and, uh, and that team. Who's oh, wow. mm-hmm. um, but Joelle Jones' Wonder Woman is really fucking fun. And I can 100% see why that's the character. Because it's not Wonder Woman. It's a new character. Mm. Uh, I can see why that character is A, being spun off into a new project, and B, is being looked at to be made into a TV show. Mm. Because it is a completely different take on on the idea of Wonder Woman, for want of a better way of putting it. Hmm. Um, and it's really fun. It's really fun. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I was really pleasantly surprised by how much I liked Future State. Also, I don't know if you picked it up or not. 
DC put out like a free Future State preview magazine. Mm. It's available on Comixology. Mm-hmm. Um, but that magazine had a lot of information I wish had been available when they announced Future State. Mm-hmm. For example, it's not all set in the same time period. Hmm, really? Like some of them are set five years in the future. Swamp Thing is set like thousands of years in the future. Hmm. They're just various points of the future of the DC universe. Hmm. Um, and they are judging from, because they all have a little blurb at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to A, spin out of the end of Death Metal. The implication, and this is purely based on my reading, and it should not be taken as gospel at all, but the implication seems to be that there is some uh, restoration of the multiverse slash these all these books might not be all taking place on the same earth huh uh which is also interesting to me yeah you know uh the, uh, the new batman stuff's really good as well hmm. i should say that one one of the things i read was was one of the new batman books um and again it's it's just you and i both remember future's end yes yes we do Right, and do you remember the the month of the stunt casting month of Future's End, where like all the books were replaced by Future's End issues? Yes, that's what I was expecting Future State to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's far better. <laughs> really? Yes. I think possibly in part because it does seem to be, like you said, a stealth relaunch of the line, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're seeing so many creators basically spin off into their taking over the books or starting books, mm-hmm. and so it's not either creators on the regular books going, well, how can I do a book set five years in the future that ties into my existing things, right? Or a fill-in team being like, okay, but you know, let's just throw in right. here's my high concept, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead, it feels like it, it is a bunch of people doing, uh, I don't want to say speculative fiction, but kind of sci-fi stories about the idea of characters as opposed to, you know, as opposed to some sort of weird, like, you know, this will pay off down the line. Mm. Although I feel that the Swamp Thing thing is going to echo back mm. into into the, the title as it, as it launches. Yeah, I was I was genuinely impressed with a bunch of them. Wow, that's great. How many how many did you read? I mean, uh, I read. Oh, hang on, I've, I'm going to take a look. Please do. <laughs> I'm going to say like, I'm going to say like five or six. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about to say you said really positive things about at least three or four of them, so that's a good batting average, certainly. I would not say negative things about any of them. Hmm. It's just that some were more impressive than others. Got it. Like I was surprised how good they were. I, hmm. I genuinely like. I not not that I was expecting them to be shit, mm-hmm. but I don't think I was also expecting myself to be so into them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because again, it does sound like Future's End. We'd seen it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and think yet, it's great and that they like, did not. Oh, but but it's it's better. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A little more uh, rangy and experimental and yeah. Huh. Well, that's oh yeah, it's, especially like Swamp Thing. I th- I think feels particularly experimental. Hmm. You know, but there's other interesting creative choices. I've not read the Legion issue, for example, but uh, uh, who's who's doing the art in that? Riley Rosmo, mm. like seems like a great choice for Legion mm. to me. Like seems like a really, really interesting choice and a really interesting direction to go. Hmm. So, although it's still Bendis, so you, you will not be into it. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, which is, which is, I don't know, rough. A lot of people seem to like the Legion. I tend to be apparently a solo person for that. So, you know, um, you know, what can I tell you? I feel like there was something related to that. Oh, well, yeah, no, it's too late now. I really wanted to tell you about trying to sell uh, my used bidet on uh, Nextdoor because I kind of thought that that was... Um, Wait, didn't you just get the bidet? Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, no, 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 I got a... Yes, I got a bidet. No, no, this is the new bidet. The old bidet, you know, one bidet at a time, Grant. That's what I say. That's my motto. <laughs> Anyway, Lord. the sad part is I stole that from a friend. So uh, uh, the the old the apartment that we were in, uh, I so two years ago went to Japan, came back. I'm like, I'm getting into the bidet business. Yeah, you you were very excited. Great bidet in the morning, and I I was a big fan of our bidet, liked it a lot. Uh, then we purchased the house. Moved here, and the thing that's crazy is is that our bidet did not fit the toilets here. So, which sort of makes sense because I had trouble getting a bidet that fit the toilet back in the apartment. So, I did a full year without the bidet, and then I was like, you know, I I do I do kind of miss it, and especially with the weather getting cold. And one of the I mean, you know, the bidet has a variety of charms, but honestly, uh. You know, even if you just use it for the heated toilet seat function, I think that that you do. Yeah, no, that that basically I just keep because yeah. that's been. You just said heated toilet seat, and I was like, oh yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, turns out that there was a really good deal during. Um, I don't remember if it was Black Friday. I keep wanting to say that that was the case, but I don't. I don't think so. I think. Because I've had this thing hooked up for a while. In any event, uh, it was definitely before that because you were hooking up when we last spoke, and I haven't spoken to you since Thanksgiving. That's right. Thank you. So yeah, right, exactly. And ordered it for that. So I think it was some sort of you know early cyber, you know, the whole like Black Friday starts here kind of the thing um, from Costco. And the the new bidet is fabulous. It's really great. Uh, but I foolishly thought that people would be so excited about the chance to buy a used bidet that this thing, like I was just going to put it on next door under the for sale or, or uh, free uh, thing. And I was not giving it away that I was like, Hey, this is a, this is this bidet is like two years old, barely used again to still joke from my friend, like only took it to church on Sundays. Uh, it's, and, um, I was like, yeah, people, cause you know, Graham, I, but it was a USB day, Jeff. Graham, I, geez, I, I, I was hoping that you would clue into this, but I'm the guy who sold my used toothbrush for $20. Remember? Like I figured that I, I, I honestly had forgotten that. And I think that just might've been my brain trying to save my sanity. <laughs> so I was like, I know how to do this. I know how people think like, this is, this is great. But yeah, no, I'm starting to get the sense that people do not that, that people do not see the obvious uh, benefits in. I'm savings. just going to throw this out there: selling your used toothbrush for twenty dollars, you're either keying into someone's very particular fetish, or you're very lucky, or let's fa- face it, both. Yeah, selling a used B day feels like a stretch. I'll be honest. You know, 
I would have thought otherwise, but you're absolutely, it seems absolutely right. I don't think, I think if there's got to be a hook, uh, but I mean, I was kind of expecting, cause you know, I don't know if I, I had never bothered with next door ever. And then of course you buy a house, you kind of more or less have to join next door, especially if you're in a new neighborhood, which we totally were is like, what, what is the lay of the land? And the lay of the land is, um, if nothing else, like everything else, 2020 is the worst year to blank. And in this particular case, the blank is join next door because people went from whatever is happening in the neighborhood normally you know, which is, I love my neighbors, but dot, dot, dot to five months down the line of lockdown. It's like snitches get stitches, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's not great. It's not it, the, the lockdown has not been great for, for neighborhood morale. <laughs> yeah, but for sure. But I was like, eh, but you know, you know, it brings a smile to everyone's face, bidets um, and nuts. But days didn't confused, and I I was not I was not right I was so far I'm not right. Um, so that so anyway, Graham. Before we get to comics, I just I sort of felt bad because I wanted to tell you this story, um, and and normally I would save that kind of thing for off air, but I was like, you know what, the listeners they they deserve to hear about my foibles and understand maybe why I dislike myself so much. Uh, it, it's because. Not only do I choose quixotic quests that seem impossible, but they are resoundingly stupid uh, as well. So, you know, it's not not just my execution, but the goal itself is utterly um, infantile to the point of wretched. So, um, yeah. I I so want you to pivot so strangely, though. So you're like, all that said. King and Black issue one. Like, I really want you to, to go there. Yes. No, you will have to go there for me because I didn't I didn't read it. I did not read it. But uh... Uh, I, 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 you didn't miss anything is the I, I, what were your feelings? Because I seem to remember you liked uh, Absolute Carnage. Am I wrong? Yeah, I thought I thought it had moments. I thought it had moments and I also thought it was excruciating. So, I mean, so double down in the excruciating. Right. It's, it's, that's, tr- that's not even fair. It's not. It's just a very dull comic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is the most interesting thing about King and Black issue one is how bad Donny Cates is at it. Mm. Because it is a comic based around a very dull villain mm-hmm. showing up that is predominantly characters standing back and talking about how scary he is. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up and he's like, I am scary. Look, I proved I'm scary. Here are some Celestials I've defeated off panel. Right. What you okay. said was kind of his, the, the part that you didn't like about uh, Absolute Carnage was it felt very, that whole Mark Miller thing. Yeah, like... it's, 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 again, it feels very Mark Miller in that. And it's Miller, but it's also like, you know, early, early Morrison does the same thing where it's very, you know, you have characters being like, this guy's scary. And so you're meant to key into this guy being scary. Right. You know, this guy's really bad. It's not helped by the fact that. Donny Cates is worse at it than either Morrison and Miller. Mm-hmm. And also Donny Cates is just fucking appalling when it comes to writing character work. Mm. Um, I, do you read his Venom? 
No, not past absolute carnage. I had that moment of like, oh, maybe I'll get the first trade. I think because the first three or four trades are on Comixology Unlimited. But... Uh, they're like they're also all in Hoopla if you want to. Mm, to right. So yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the whole hook of his well, there's there's two hooks to his his Venom run. Mm-hmm. The first hook is. Null, the King in Black, right? Mm-hmm. You know that there is a character who has created all these symbiotes and he's coming to Earth to fuck everyone up. Right. The other one is Eddie Brock has a son. Right, yes. Right, who right. he loves. Yes. And I can't even remember. Dylan, that's the name of his son. Thank you. Um, but the way that, again, he's, he's doing the telling, not showing thing. Mm-hmm. So you just get lots of virtually identical narration captions from eddie brock where he's like my son my son i love my son but i must keep him out of this dangerous world my son my son (laughs) and then dylan at almost every comic will go you don't understand i have powers i have the same powers as null i think i can fight him and that like that's it and i'm not I mean, yes, I'm exaggerating, but I'm barely exaggerating. Yeah. That is basically the level of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this thing in King of Black, in King of Black issue one, where that conversation literally takes place. Mm-hmm. Like, Ed Brock is like, my son, I must hide you from King of Black. And he's like, <laughs> no, dad, I have his powers. I can fight him. And I'm, and then, like, Null shows up and he, uh, uh, Eddie Brock goes and fights him as Venom and he's like, no, you're the wrong Brock, I came for your son and then he tears the Venom symbiote away from Eddie, which is a cliffhanger of the issue, which would be a big cliffhanger if that hadn't already happened in uh, Donny Cates' Venom. Ooh, ouch. Like, like wow. it's literally already happened mm. and so why should we be scared this time? We've seen it happen as recently as like a year ago. Um... <laughs> Oh, you but mean, it, wait, so, like, it, Venom's had his thing ripped, uh, yeah, Brock's yeah, like, had Venom ripped yeah. off of him before. Yes. I see. Not by Null. In other words, Not by I Null. thought you meant that it was, no, like, no, no. But, no, the same but like, scene. Got it. Yeah. No, it was by, by, oh, God, I can't, like, whoever the, the symbiote was, like, maybe it was the Carnage symbiote, after, like, the Venom Islands is the arc after Absolute Carnage. I see. And Eddie Brock goes to an island to, like, take care of some other symbiote. I honestly can't remember. And that symbiote, like, takes the symbiote away, the Venom symbiote away from Eddie. Including at one point, chopping off uh, Eddie Brock's hand. Wow! <laughs> he then, because he's, he's a badass, he then gets a, uh, I, I want to say it's like a hot sword or hot knife, and cauterizes his own wound, and is then fine. <laughs> because that happens. But again, again, these comics are really badly written. Mm. Um, but no, but you have you have Dylan be like, I have I literally have the same powers as this guy. I can fight him. And so either it's Chekhov's gun and they're literally saying this is how we're ending the story mm-hmm. or it's very obvious misdirection. Right. And it has to be obvious misdirection, because surely you wouldn't lampshade the end of your story that 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 early on. But maybe you would, because again, Donny Case is really bad at this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right, so I, 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 it's it's, and again, I can't emphasize how much Null is a non-entity as a villain. Mm-hmm. Like, what are his powers? I genuinely don't know. Mm. Genuinely, he can control symbiotes, dragons, and he seems to be strong. And maybe he can fly. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he has no personality to speak of. <laughs> but everyone's like, oh my God, it's the scariest thing we've ever seen in our life. Mm. The big moment in issue one is that, uh, well, there's two big moments. One, uh, he covers the earth in a giant symbiote. Wow. Of course he does. And two, he kills the sentry. I thought that the sentry was dead. Wait, does it too? Mm. But he he kills the sentry, so I guess the sentry either came back to life or wasn't dead. <laughs> but it's it's done in a way that is literally a recreation of the sentry killing carnage in New Avengers issue two from two thousand and four. Sick. I just thought that seemed like the appropriate no, no, 2006 that's, adjective. That's 100% what Donny Cates was thinking as he wrote that scene. You can tell. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really bad. The, the most interesting thing about it is Ryan Stegman seems to be channeling My Hero Academia uh, wow. in his artwork. Wow. And that's like the most interesting thing. Hmm. It's it's what if John Rita Jr. from like 1988 ghost drew My Hero Academia? <laughs> sold give me that <laughs> yeah i gotta say yeah. like that, yeah, that, that is by far the most interesting thing about last minute turnaround here holy cow did not see that coming ladies and gentlemen yeah, yeah. it is is uh it's, wow. it's huh. not a good comic um wait wait for it to show up on, on marvel unlimited in three months yes i can't wait uh now you can, it's <laughs> again it's not good wow wow it's it, it's it's really I mean it's really not good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It it's not good to a level where you're like, surely the only reason he got away with with handing this in and it being published is that his other stuff is selling really well. Because there's there's just moments of things being inept. Well, I mean it's I don't know I I, I kind of thought that that was the thing with Absolute Carnage was there was a lot that seemed kind of inept there I, I don't know i mean that's kind of my thing everything it, with don cates always say, feels kind of yeah i would say it is inept in a way that makes absolute carnage look better right right okay well that that could be i mean there are those guys that you sort of wonder if it's like diminishing returns in the sense of uh you know because because when we complained about absolute carnage there were a number of people who reached out to me and were like you should read his image work you should read his image work, which I think I've mentioned on here a couple of times. And, you know, kind of that thing of like, no, he was good before. This was just him on a on an off day. And I just sort of feel like he's kind of got that creative arc of, you know, somebody tumbling down the stairs. Uh, but but maybe but that's the thing. He continues to be successful enough that it seemed that that seems he's he's like he's the weirdest writer to me he really is i i read all of his guardians of the galaxy because it was only 12 issues Mm -hmm. Uh, and i read all of his guardians of the galaxy kind of going okay like there's got to be something here it was it was pitched as an ongoing run even though it clearly like didn't last very long right um and i want to see what's here Mm -hmm. you know like i've also read like the first arc of his Thor, which again just seems similarly to to his venom work Mm -hmm. like rehashes of things that have been done before by other writers but like more quote-unquote extreme Mm. um but it's like guardians like i remember he tried because i read the first few issues when it was coming out i was like i remember he he was trying to do something i wonder how that turned out and the answer is it didn't Mm. really it like he does he theoretically sets up all the stuff that goes nowhere Mm. 
Um, and his second run ends shockingly ineptly in such a way that I can only assume he had longer-term plans and he decided, fuck it. Right. Because he's leaving the book. Uh, the second arc is about Rocket Raccoon is dying because his body is rejecting all of the the implants that turned him into Rocket Raccoon. Mm. Uh, how do you think that plot resolves in that you know that Rocket Raccoon is not dead, Jeff? Uh, I, I honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, couldn't tell you. In like the last three pages of his last issue, Rocket Raccoon gets better. <laughs> wow. That For real, really like, is. like he collapses after like a big fight and then it cuts to a hospital and the doctor's like, yep, he's going to make a full recovery. No, really? Yeah. Yes. Wow, that's and that's some he shit. must have had like it must have been something where he had uh, different plans and then he was like, "I'm leaving the book, fuck it," right? Because it's amazing. Wow. Rocket Raccoon is dying; his body's rejecting his implants. He goes through this whole thing where like he's wearing a mech suit and he's he's fighting things and and it's very clear like you know he's dying, he's dying, he's definitely dying, he's dying. Like the mech suit basically fu- like gets fucked up. Groot becomes his mech suit for the very end. Mm-hmm. He collapses, and then it cuts to him in a hostel, and the, the doctor's like, he's going to make a full recovery. Wow, that is. I mean, that's the sort of shit that you normally need the next writer who doesn't care about the subplot to like tie up on the first three pages of their run. You know, it, wow. The thing about King and Black, and honestly, that Rocket Raccoon reveal mm-hmm. is. Kate writes like a kid tells stories, mm-hmm. right? King of Black is full of this. King of Black is who, like, what is what is the thing that you say that they can't do? They've done it. How do they do it? doesn't matter. Right. So, for example, Null is coming towards Earth, and Iron Man has, and this is one of those things that if you think about it for a second, you're like, what? <laughs> Iron Man has turned all of the spaceships left in orbit above Earth after Empire who knew they were there? Apparently they were. He's turned them all into bombs so that he can't even get to Earth. But he does because there's so many other dragon symbiotes that they just demolish all this, the bombs and somehow he gets to Earth anyway. Wow. And then somehow, like, defeated the Celestials. But we don't know if it's, like, the Celestials or, like, old Celestials or just giants. <laughs> But he's got the Celestials, and mm-hmm. so everyone's like, fuck, he's got the Celestials. But that's okay. The Sentry then literally flies through all of their heads and kills them. Jeez. Wow. Boy. Yeah, it's 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 like a kid. It's literally the, mm-hmm. I'll prove he's bad. He, who, who are the baddest guys? He's beaten them. How did he beat them? He just beat them. Right. right. Okay, what does your guy do? He beats them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that. It's that logic of storytelling. Yeah. What happens to Rocket Raccoon after he dies? He gets better. <laughs> okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you are left with, except it's that, but being written by, like, you know, this 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 guy who thinks he's edgy. <laughs> you know, like, so so Thor, like, have you read the Thor run? Because, again, the, the opening arc's all on Marvel Unlimited, so maybe mm-hmm. you did. No, I did not. Oh, you know, I subscribed to Chad Nevitt's newsletter, so I am but, somewhat but yeah, like, up to speed. Like, it ends up with with Galactus getting killed by Thor, mm-hmm. just because <laughs> because all of a sudden you can kill Galactus. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that's not a thing. Whereas in the past, like Galactus has, I'm pretty sure Galactus has actually died twice mm-hmm. and been like of dramatic cosmic danger. Then if I traverse it, yes. But this time, no, Thor just fucking kills Galactus because mm. he's like, you lied to me, <laughs> and then he kills him. Really? Wow. Yes. That's kind of extreme. I mean, you know. It's 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 all like that's the level of Donny Cage writing. Wow. That or my son, my son, <laughs> Dylan, my son. I must keep him away from. I am dark and full of pain. My son, I love my son. I must keep him away, son. <laughs> you know, if I was if I was smart, I would really figure out a way to monetize this, and. <laughs> And have two YouTube videos, and one YouTube video is you um, reciting the dialogue in your serious voice, in your wooden serious voice, which is always great. And the <laughs> other one would be the ASMR video that is just you saying symbiote over and over again, because you said it like 37,000 times. And every time I'm like, there has to be someone who finds this like, you know, like this has got to like do the trick for them in the same way that hearing hair get combed, like hearing Graham McMillan say symbiote. So I, it's hair get combed. What's that? Yeah, that, I mean that's like the ASMR thing. Like you, you, someone brushes their hair. Like they brush their hair. Oh, and you okay. Listen I, to thought the person. Saying, I thought you were saying someone said that. No, 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 no. That would and be I was great. Like, that's a very particular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 my ASMR video uh, where I'm like brush my hair. Brush my hair. <laughs> Brush my hair. <laughs> Brush <laughs> my hair. So yeah, yes. Look to that coming to a YouTube channel uh, uh, any day now. Never, never. <laughs> True believers, Excelsior. Uh, uh, Graham, I'm going to talk a little bit about comic books for a little bit. Not, not please, much. Yeah, please do. So I said this tweet, I tweeted this thing, and I, I think I, I, I am willing to stand behind it now, even many days later. Uh, and I'll tell you because I think that there is even a chance that you may agree. Maybe not, but I is think this, Is this the bit about Don Tadeo's novel? No, no. What? Did I tweet that? What did I do? What? Uh, uh, okay, no joke. Last night I dreamt Don Tadeo's latest novel was released... Sorry, not Don DeDeal. Yeah, I was about to say. No, no, Don DeLillo. That, confusing the two of those people is the best thing that you've done on this podcast. No, I yet. wasn't confusing them. I was trying to say that I think my pronunciation of Don DeDeal and Don DeDeal are too close. No, no, it's Don. Yeah, it's Don DeLillo. It's not is Don DeLillo. I was to de- Okay. Maybe I, it's DeLillo. De Maybe I always thought it was Don DeLillo, but it, it'd be great if it's like, Don DeDeal. But yeah, I was like, what? Wow. Uh, okay, so you didn't get the name wrong, but that is holy no, shit. No, I no. I was reading it directly. I Don DeLillo's it. Metal Men. Anyway, sorry. What were you saying? Uh, I was saying that, as you know, I think the perfect first issue of a superhero comic is OMAC number one in terms of it's fantastic. Each and every page is mind blowing whether or not the the rest of the series like kind of lives up to that issue that first issue is so spectacular like simultaneously self-contained in of itself and promising so much that it it's just it's 
it's like the perfect first issue, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think Omaka issue one is is astonishing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that if it was not my number one, there is a good case to be made. What's very shockingly close upon rereading uh, the f- new Flash number one by Mike Barron, Jackson Gleese, and Larry Malstead, which I read as part of the Savage Velocity trade uh, last week. And I got to tell you, I was like, I always had fond memories of that first issue, you know, bought it, read it, read it several times, liked it. Um, and so I was looking forward to this trade. Took me forever to check it out from Hoopla, but I finally did. And I read that first issue. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. This is great. It's a great first issue. Like That's the one where he's delivering the heart cross country, right? Yes. And he sees someone killing uh, someone in the snow. And it's like 30 miles before he's able to stop. Like by the time he realizes what he's seen. Like, and then he runs back. And of course it ends up being Vandal Savage who then begins more or less stalking him. And it's Wally West. He has to eat all the time because of his metabolism. It's, it's kind of dirtbag Wally West, but it also makes sense. And it's great. And everyone keeps calling him kid flash. And he's like, "It's, it's just the flash. It's just the flash. There's so much great stuff in that first issue. That first issue is just. I remember reading that when it came out and like being, uh, like being into it, but also being confused by it. It is. If that it, makes sense. Yeah. Because no. I was, that was what, 87? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right so after Legends. It's from the pages of Legends. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been 12. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I mean. Yeah. And I remember being like into it mm-hmm. and into like the, into lots of small things, like the eating thing I mm-hmm. loved. Yes. You know, uh, I loved that Wally, I loved that Wally was like very insecure. Like Baron's Wally West is seriously fucking insecure. Yeah. Um, but I also, like, I didn't get the dirt bike element of it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I, but but why? Like, he's a superhero, he's a Flash. Mm-hmm. Like, like, why is he acting like this? Well, no, which I also get, too. But, you know, there's a, there's a page, of course, where he talks about the fact that Barry Allen died saving the universe and died essentially in debt. Like, they had to raise all this money to cover his funeral and all this other stuff. And, and so like one of the things when he agrees to run the heart across country, he does it in exchange for healthcare, for health insurance, Yes, which I'm just like, Jesus, like talk about a take that's aged well, you know, like there's, there's just, there's just so much great stuff. And of course, what's amazing is, is also, um, you know, after I tweeted this and everyone was like, yes, you know, uh, Tucker Stone, like replied to my tweet and was like, you know, Cocaine does work. Your parents lied to you. And it's Baron, Baron, who was pretty coked up, apparently, if not during these days, then in later days, like he has, he has Wally like be doing everything as a dirtbag for money. And then he wins the lottery. Like he buys a lottery ticket and then wins in the first issue. So suddenly he's got like millions of dollars. And then the next thing's, one of the things that's great in one of the later issues is it basically more or less he and his girlfriend beat back Vandal Savage and he's like, he, he more or less, I don't remember if he proposes marriage or he's like, come move, move in with me in my new mansion. You know, he's like, let me drive you to it and drives her through it. And she's like, oh, Wally, it's great. And then like the first page of the next issue is literally her, like her leaving the note saying like, this was a huge mistake. And it's 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 so indicative of Baron's like 
really snappy paced storytelling but there's also just lots of stuff where he's like a really great precursor to brian bendis in a lot of ways like there's this one thing where like vandal savage like throws a woman through the window and i don't think this is in issue one but it's very much of the same tone no no vandal savage comes and goes for a while like through the entire because it wasn't long it was only like 14 issues right yeah it's it's pretty short and then and then uh messner william messner lobes takes over and it might be 14 it might be 18 it's really but he jams so much so much in yeah, there. yeah exactly the first and that's part of why it reminded me of reading omac the first issue of that comic is like reading three comics jammed into one you can just see baron throwing so much stuff and and i just love uh butch butch Guises, as you know back then jackson Guises' art on this is fabulous it's just so um muscular i guess for lack of a better term like it's generic okay, does, but not does the collection have the the text pieces from the comics in there not no i don't think so i either the first or second issue of that comic had Mm -hmm. the editor basically talking about how he got the team together and i remember this to this day the editor said the reason he got jackson geese is or geese or whatever his name is Mm -hmm. the reason he got him on that book is that he tended to draw legs too long ah that's fabulous and i love that yeah no and it's it, it is great they're the scenes because they have flash i mean they've got the little you know speed effect but there's lots of shots, especially as he's running cross country, that are just like these super long legs and kind of this lithe, muscular body. And it's just, it's really great kind of classic superhero storytelling that's, you know, of like an updating of like kind of that DC Silver Age stuff. And it just, and the descriptions that Baron has for, um, just kind of the like strangely apocalyptic United States that that Wally West is running across. Like there's snow and it talks about him running across Texas and being like, this must be what apocalypse is like. And, you know, just there's an overturned rig and there's just so much. It's just great. How, it's a how great many issue. issues are in the collection? Uh, I think it's, it might be the first 18 issues. Let me see. I think it, For it's, real, it's, it's all of the, it's all of the, it might be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me see here. Let me see. I should know this. Yeah. Issues one through 18. So that must be all of Baron. Yeah. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy that that's one trade? So, um, and yeah, if you don't have Hoopla, man, it is great. It's just great comics. And then. Holy crap. It's that goes into William Messner and Olupshan. He's credited as one of the writers. Oh, is he? Shit. Maybe it, maybe you're right. Maybe it was like only a year and then they do the first, uh, which sort of makes sense because it's sort of one of the first things that Messner Lobes does is bring back Wally's speed in that great story. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, it's it's something else, right? Chunk. Ugh. It's uh, yeah, no, there is. There's so much. There's the there's the what's he called? The Kilgore or something? Kilgore, right? That, which is the second. Yeah, and, and there's 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 Red Trinity and Blue Trinity. That like that run of no pun intended of the Flash, that and Justice League International, mm-hmm. like were my jam at the time. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I stopped before the 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 annual. Um, I just read like the first four or five issues, and they they're a hoot. It's strange, like, sometimes his stuff, like, the Kilgore stuff feels strangely 
already kind of the the great thing about Baron is how uh, unexpected he is. He just doesn't really go the expected route for so much of of where you think he's going to go, and it almost kind of feels like he's a guy who just doesn't quite get superhero comics or something but it's did, just did you so read awkward. any of his independent stuff well you know it's funny the other thing that they have on hoopla is the first two issues of the grackle which is he and paul galacy's uh tough pi thing that is insane that i was like jesus is this from the same era and it's not so to answer your question i actually read a few issues of the badger Nexus yeah, looked I love beautiful, the right? Why isn't that shit collected? I mean, apart it from... It was. I, IDW did a bunch of it, and it oh, just did didn't it? sell, I guess. Oh, what a I shame. Did, IDW collected, I think, the entire series. Oh, I didn't know. Fuck. I, I hope that's on Comixology. I, will, I would buy the crap out of that. Um, but yeah, it's the same. And then there's Nexus, which, for whatever reason, looks gorgeous, but just... I don't know. We And that's the weird thing about Baron, is a lot of people are fierce proponents of him but his stuff also kind of like when i looked at when i tried reading nexus just like i don't know four or five years ago through one of the dark horse collected editions i was just like this doesn't quite work like it's very um some people might say that baron was the donny cates of his time like there's a lot of people telling each other what you know stuff and lots of people i i think uh, static talky yeah yeah, i think nexus is is really rough yeah like like steve root's art is lovely but i find nexus almost impossible to read it is it is impossible well at least for me i feel the same way and so but again like his flash i think is great his badger i I really really like badger Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i really dug badger but his nexus is is man not an easy read yeah yeah so I don't know what it is about the guy. He's just got an incredibly stylized way about him, which again, in something as traditional as The Flash is... is exciting. It's so exciting. It, it And that's the thing that's amazing. Like you said, this comic is from 87. It's like 32 years old, 33 years old. It feels it feels new. I mean, that first issue still feels new. The other stuff, it's like... Things kind of start to fall apart, which is why I'm like, it's the perfect first issue in that you see, just like with OMAC, there's parts of OMAC that are great in that run, um, but nothing really ever quite hits that like pure heroin smack of the first issue. That's just the speedball, I guess, of it. It's, it is amazing. Anyway. Definitely pick it up on Hoopla. You will not be disappointed. Even the stuff where stuff starts going wrong goes wrong in such interesting ways. Just Well, it's so funny. I'm like, never mind fucking Hoopla. I'm going to read all that in DC Universe. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Is it on there? Of course it must. They'll have all of it, yeah. Will they? Hold on. I don't... Yeah, it's time, time to check. I don't... It's time for both of us to check. Yeah. I'm fairly sure all of that shit is on DC Universe. Well, I don't know, man. I think they've got I think they've got the entire run of that Flash series. Like, all the way through um, John's. Really? All right. That would be yeah. great if so. Uh, let me see here. <laughs> Wait, why aren't you alphabetized? 
Why isn't this? What are you guys doing? All comics? They do. Movies? They have all of it, Jeff. Do they? Oh, yep. that's fabulous. They've got all the Baron stuff. They've got all the Messner Lobe stuff. They've got all the Wade stuff and, and past. Yep. Why? How are they organizing this? Most recent to how am I just search this? for it, Jeff? Dude, come on! Don't don't. No, no, for real. I, I, the DC Universe is very difficult to navigate if you don't. Yeah, search, it, just to search it totally is. Well, I thought the search never worked. So hold on. Set, search works for me. All right. So wait, where? Okay, if I'm on the app, oh, just a big search thing out there. All right. So you just type the flash. Comics. Yeah, just I just typed in flash. Search. Uh, comics. Uh, then there's the comic series. Flash then it's, comics. Yeah, then it's the then it's yeah then it's 1987 to 2009. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh, I stand corrected. That's great. That is great. Yeah, you don't even have to mess with Hoopla at all, do you? Of course. Now the why is the app frozen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Just now it's working. Was. Yeah. Uh, no, but that that. That Flash series, honestly, from Byron all the way through to probably about issue 100 or, or past, What's like the... I, I I picked it up because yeah. like because you have Byron, you have Messner and Lopes, and his run is great. His great under another underrated run, yeah. and then it's followed by Wade, who like nails it, and then it's I mean it's it's honestly it's a really great sustained run. Uh, I mean you know from. From Baron to and well and I guess Jeff Johns comes in after Wade or no am I mistaking that? Yeah no he does, he more or less does you've got a few issues that aren't right there or not there because Wade okay. finishes Wade mm-hmm. finishes at one fifty nine and then John starts at one sixty four. Okay and then is it like Brian Augustin does the like three? Brian or four Augustin does or oh no shit Wade's still apparently doing at one sixty two. Hmm. Uh, yeah so you have two issues of someone else. Oh, okay wow okay and then, and then it's Johns yeah yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a that's kind of stellar. Uh, anyway, so yes, uh, good stuff. But apparently, for those of you with DC Universe, which weirdly includes me, um, so you think I'd be <laughs> would have been down with it? But no, I was. I was I, I read it all a chunk of stuff in DC Universe. I've got to be honest. I'm sorry. What's that? I read a chunk of stuff in DC Universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It is stuff that, that I like. It's it's pretty much my go to that and and Marvel you know, Marvel Unlimited these days. Right. I've been reading a chunk of stuff in both of those. Oh really? So what what have you been reading on on both? Uh, well, one of the things I've been doing this week is I, I tweeted this out at the start of the week. I basically asked people what their favorite comic of the year was. Yes. Um, and I did that because it's it's coming to that point of the year. Right. where I have to start thinking about putting together a best comics list for THR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always ask to make sure, like, I at least know what other people are talking about. And also, in many cases, I haven't read a bunch of stuff that other people have mentioned. And so I'm like, okay, I should I should read this. Um, and a lot of people were mentioning Immortal Hulk. Right. And I've been reading Immortal Hulk. I've not been keeping up. Uh, as it turns out, like 100% to it. Oh, really? But I've been reading it going along, and I I was surprised that so many people were like, yeah, it's, it's as good as it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, and so, at, uh, like, I think Thursday, I read, like, the last year of Immortal Hulk. Oh, man. Dude, when I didn't it? realize you hadn't been reading. I would have been... No, I had. That. That's just it. That was me catching up. Oh, I see. Right, right. Okay. Reread. Uh, so I, was, I, was re-read. Like, I was, like, maybe two months behind. Mm, okay. Um... I still don't think it's as good as it, it's it been. It's weird. 
I think there's a lot of highs and there's like it's still very good. Mm-hmm. But reading it as a whole, I was struck by two things. And you can tell me whether I'm just being picky or not. Mm-hmm. One, the Roxon arc feels disjointed from everything else the series is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's nice breather. Mm-hmm. But going back to the Green Door stuff after that mm-hmm. made me feel that Roxon arc just didn't fit. Mm. Hmm. Uh, but also they go back to green door stuff and i think i'm kind of over that mm. mm-hmm. i find myself i mean i i i like what ewing's doing with the leader right but the more we have and here's brian banner and he's a terrible person mm-hmm. that stuff leaves me cold hmm. i feel like it's not really and it's you know Almost certainly by the end of the run, it's going to turn out to be, you know, this amazing twist and all of this stuff will be really important. But that material, the Brian Banner stuff, uh, feels kind of like, not that we've done it, but like it's not moving anything forward and it's not saying anything new. Mm. Interesting. I I can, uh, first and off. So like as, as, right. As a, you know, sorry, I was just going to say like as a year as a whole. Yeah. It feels very uneven, and mm. I like I I feel there's I feel there's definitely other stuff that I put in my list before that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, that's uh well. So before before we circle back to that, which I'm happy because I'd love to do that. Tell tell me what you would put ahead of that then. In a uh, I assume similar like in in, in a. You know, in a like superhero. I'm, I'm not like. I, where's my list? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking at the list. Oh, do you not uh, want to talk about your list? Because I mean, that's I don't kind really of want to talk about my list. Yeah. But um, like, I put it this way: there's a bunch of stuff that's on there that is not "quote unquote" superhero work. Okay. Um, but strangely enough, the thing that if I was looking for something again similar, and I don't think anyone else would see this as similar other than me. Mm-hmm. Um the Hellblazer series I'd put on over Immortal Hulk. Mm. Hmm. And I think it's coming up with new things to do with a character who's existed for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that Hellblazer, like I've really liked Hellblazer. Mm-hmm. This, that's very, or Aaron Campbell Hellblazer, I think has been really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the end of the series was kind of fucking great. Hmm. Have you been reading it at all? No. In fact, uh, the first trade, which hit Hoopla, I downloaded to to read and have not started yet. There's a there's a twist in the final issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few twists in the final issue, but the final twist of the final issue is one of those things that is great, an amazing ending, and really fucking makes me wish the book had continued. Hmm. Because it feels so final <laughs> that I would have loved to have seen what he would have done next. Right, right. Huh. Because it's it's such a great last minute twist hmm. that honestly feels like the it feels like you can't continue the story. Hmm. Wow. That I was like, shit. Like if this was meant, like if he was planning to carry on after this. Where do you go? Because you have to, I mean, you have to kind of undo it, I guess. Huh. But I don't think he would have at the same time. 
Um, yeah, I really liked it. I really, and also it's one of the things that I think really spoke to 2020. Mm. In the same way that like Dreadnoughts, the the Judge Dread prequel series that's running in magazine, mm. feels very much like a, a book for them this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing like Strange Adventures, the Tom King, Mitch Garad's Doc Shainer series. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I don't think you're you're reading that either. No, no, I read the first um, issue and yeah. There's a a, a twist slash reveal in the latest issue mm-hmm. that I fucking loved. I loved. Um, are you going to read it or can I spoil it? Uh, uh, I worry about the listeners in a way. I mean, I feel like I should bleep it out. Okay, um, then I won't. Then I won't spoil it. But okay. there's the the series is to this point has been predicated on on a number of facts slash assumptions. Right. And in issue seven of a twelve issue series, they basically go, "Yeah, one of them is not true." Hmm. And and. The, the what they the the one it is mm-hmm. the and the way they reveal it and the way they do it kind of undermines everything else that's been done in the story hmm. in a way that's really interesting to me and I don't mean undermine in the sense of like they've ruined it but undermine in the no. sense of like they've clearly planned this right like they they've wanted you to have this assumption for half of the series, and then the second half they go, yeah, okay, but hmm. Hmm. I will tell you when we're not recording. <laughs> okay, that sounds. So good. you'll be like, you'll be like, okay, I get it. Right, right. Um, yeah. But it's it's a really nice reveal to do halfway through the series. <laughs> uh, but again, that feels very 2020 as well, mm-hmm. right? And like the first, the rocks and arc of Immortal Hulk did feel very contemporary. Oh God, yeah. Definitely. It feel very now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the green door stuff less so. Mm. Yeah, I can see that actually. Yeah, you know the green door stuff feels more like it's it's going back to the core mythology of the Hulk, which you can't blame it for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, and also it's the central conceit of the series. Mm-hmm. But I found myself wanting to stay with the idea because it, it the rocks and arc pretty much starts with this really interesting idea of Devil Hulk and Bruce Banner have teamed up. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're saying the capitalist system as it exists is wrong. Yes. And we're going to destroy it. Mm-hmm. And then that's dropped. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because I didn't want that to be dropped. Well, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. The Roxxon Arc does really interesting things with that. How does Roxxon as a corporate entity uh, respond to that mm-hmm. and how they do that is really interesting yes the 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 you know the various reveals of that and the various impacts that have feels like it's saying something about how people receive information and process information yeah like that's all really interesting but again then you go back to the green door stuff and i can't be mad that the series is going back to a central conceit but i'm also disappointed that we're going Doc Samson's dead, but now he's in someone else's body because he's come through a different door. Right. Is inventive, it's entertaining, but I like the other stuff more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird thing where I'm like, I, I feel that other series are doing things, are doing what I wanted Immortal Hulk to do, but Immortal Hulk turned its back on. Hmm. Interesting. I 
can I guess I can see that part of me is like eh, we'll see it's not over yet kind of thing but oh, no, exactly like the, yeah. the one thing about Mortal Hulk is and again I'm still enjoying the book mm-hmm. I, I don't want to suggest that I'm not enjoying the book right and I'm very convinced that like a year from now we're going to be at the end of Ewing's run and it's all going to have done something that I didn't expect because mm-hmm. it's clearly all building towards something yeah it seems very, Do you know what I mean like there's it, yeah. it's it very very clear mm-hmm. that Ewing is intending to build towards something yeah but right now where it is and where it's gone in the last year mm-hmm. it's felt uneven mm-hmm. it's felt again like the rocks and stuff was the more interesting stuff but also feels like stuff that doesn't belong in the book mm. you know i i think uh, to the extent that i have a uh problem or or things that i agree with one thing that kind of bummed me out was i thought that the rocks and arc was was fabulous and then of course as it moves into the stuff with zenmu was really great but kind of at the end of it i was sort of like wait that's it you know like it's it is basically a six issue arc and considering how perfectly it kind of stares down the barrel of doing something bigger well yeah i mean i I guess i guess it it, i guess what to me what's really fun and exciting and shocking about it is a little bit of that that idea of like oh it's you know it's the hulk for like you said it's the hulk versus capitalism it's it's hulk versus our society but um it you kind of are hoping that it's going to be, you know, that's kind of a bigger topic than a than a six issue kind of thing that gets wrapped up in sort of a neat allegorical fashion. Um, I, and I feel I, I guess the other thing that I sometimes feel with the Immortal Hulk is how much Ewing doesn't waste time, but but sometimes it does feel like everything's speeding by a little too quickly. Like I'm sort of the scenes that he gets by, he does, he makes sure that all those scenes are there, but like there's, there's sometimes I wish there was a little more Claremont in Al Ewing. You know what I mean? Like I wish there was a little more lingering, or a little like I think I think Ewing likes his characters. I don't think that he does anything that makes them feel unnatural or inorganic. But he, uh, but I would like some more time to hang out with them. You know what I mean? Like there are like the character of Joe Fixit in Ewing's Immortal Hulk is different from the Joe Fixit that I remember from the Peter David run. Um, and I like him and he works and he's been there a long time. And literally it's got him, you know, teaming up with uh, Kid Hulk or whatever Hulk yeah, Hulk, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a fun issue, but it's also very much a kind of like, I'm like, I like these characters, but I still feel like I barely know them. And I think that's because Ewing has jammed the series so full of event and things. Like, you know, he, he's like, okay, I've been setting up this thing behind the scenes with the leader now. Here's the issue where the leader comes forward. And it's a, to me, it's a really creepy, harrowing issue. And I feel that 
unlike you, that the stuff with Banner's dad is all there to set up the choices that certain characters, mainly Kid Hulk, makes later that you know that you don't see coming, which is 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 great. Like it's it's all really good storytelling, but it's like Ewing is sometimes the more um, heartfelt version of what I sometimes complain about in it, with superhero comics that it's kind of perfect script writer school 101 like all of his stuff is so well crafted it's like it's like a uh, it's like a piston or an engine but like I sort of feel like for me as a comic fan so much of that stuff happens on the stuff that lingers the dawdles you know that's part of the thing that kills me if you could you know Cross, selectively crossbreed Brian Bendis's dawdling with Al Ewing's like plotting, so that you get things that actually feel like they end, as opposed to whoops, well, it's, it's the last issue of my six issue arc. Oh, what if he wakes up from a dream and then he tells the dream to the person that he's having breakfast with, and the person's like, "Wow, that reminds me of what happened with." the end of your cliffhanger part five. And so you kind of get it both ways. See, you <laughs> know, that what if kind of her couldn't get better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, what, what's funny is like the, the, the Brian Banner stuff and the devil Hulk, mm -hmm. like that again, I, I don't know how much spoilers we can do, but what right. happens with devil Hulk? Mm -hmm. um, I hate, I hate that. Do you? I really, really dislike that because again, it feels like it's rushing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, we've just found this out of a Devil Hulk. We've basically just met Devil Hulk. And you do this? Again, it feels like either misdirection or basically a waste. Well, I, I do feel that the, the Devil Hulk is going to be back. But I don't... It's, yeah, it's, he's, he's surely got to be because otherwise it feels like – it feels genuinely, like, wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like a, a real, a genuinely bad decision in a way that I don't think of Ewing making bad decisions. Interesting. Wow. Well, that's I didn't see it as a bad decision. I saw it as oh I, yeah, that's I, the like decision. I coiled when it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's it. It is a it is a visceral bad moment because it's a great sort of defeat from the jaws of victory. That that no, I no, but I don't... I don't even mean like that. I mean the the idea that it just that that's it for the character. Oh yeah, no, agreed. I but, I, I want to like, believe that's, that's a not the bad case. decision. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Huh, interesting. Because um, because uh, of course I'm like, well, yeah. I mean that was, but I kind of don't believe that that's really the real end. But maybe maybe it is. Uh, interesting, very interesting. I um, it's funny. Fascinating, Graham. Fascinating, I must <laughs> say. So a lot of people said Immortal Hulk, and you're you read it up, and you're like, yeah, maybe not as much for me. It's good, but it's, no, it's but good. it's one it's one of those things where I was like, it's you know, why are so many people saying this? Uh, a lot of people said, let's see, what else did people say? A lot of people said blue and green, which honestly had completely bypassed me. Uh, it's a it's a an image comic graphic novel. Mm. Which is it's it's actually very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are saying Peter Cannon Thunderbolt, which doesn't count for me because it was the collection that came out in January and actually came out last year. Mm -hmm. Hellblazer made a lot of appearances. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Olsen made a lot of appearances. Right. Um, let's see. Superman smashes the clan showed up a bunch. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which I think 
like I think might make it into my list to be honest. But again, I think that came out last year. I have to look at the publication dates for that. You know, it's hard because of the COVID stuff. Maybe I think the first two issues yeah. came out before in, in 2019. And then the last issue came out so like late, like maybe May or April, but I didn't even hear about it until June or July. Like I was waiting for the last issue and somehow missed it. Cause I didn't read, yeah. I didn't read the conclusion until summer, but maybe a lot of people didn't. I'm reading up when it came out. Superman smashes the clown. Issue two came out when issue two came out in December last year. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like two thirds of it for you and me came out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When did issue three come out? Let's really see if it was late, like April or May. I, it was. Or February. No. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. All right. I'll take your word for it. Maybe it was just the miracle of the entire world falling apart that I completely. Well, I mean, I mean other, other shit was happening. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah but it's, it's, there has been like a lot. Other people, let's see what else came through. Daredevil, which I guess had a big plot twist this week. Do you, are you reading Daredevil? Um, I am hugely behind in it. So much okay. so that so when there was a recent Daredevil story, yeah, I don't I don't want to know because I'm I, I think I got like 12 or 13 issues in and really have been, really enjoyed it and then it was this weird sort of, I'll wait for the trades, I'll, no no, I should subscribe, I'll I'll, I'll read the trades up until the latest issues and I, I have a bunch stockpiled basically read the first 12 issues liked it a lot and looking forward to reading the rest yeah it, it's um yeah there, there there was a big there was a big thing again something i had spoiled for me picking in black hilariously but that's that's uh shared universe comics for you i guess wow really king in black spoiled chip sidorsky's it's, it's yeah wow that's weird and it's fucked up it, here's the weird thing <laughs> It's the, no the hearing it you try not it, to tell me. It, yeah, mm-hmm. no, but it spoils it, and it spoils it in a way that I didn't really like. I noticed it, but didn't think too much of it until I read the text page in King of Black, where it basically is like, "And that's right, everyone. Wow. Did you see Daredevil? That's mm-hmm. right." And I was like, Wait, "What the fuck? Like, it's like you're underscoring that you spoiled something." Wow, wow, that sucks. Okay, hmm. interesting. Yeah. All right. It's it's one of those. I'm I'm actually, I'm surprised you haven't seen anything about it on the internet, but also not because I guess I haven't really seen anything about it on the internet. Yeah, I mean, I remember I remember someone retweeting or replying to Zdarsky because he was like, "Hey, this issue coming out this week is kind of big," and I remember being like, "Oh shit, right! I I've got to I've got to catch up on this goddamn series," you know. Yeah, it's it's. Uh... I, I like Zdarsky's Daredevil a lot, yeah, actually. Yeah, I do too. It's, I say that as someone who doesn't really like Daredevil. Mm. But I, I find I find Zdarsky's Daredevil um, kind, for want of a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that it's it's uh, it's dark, but not so... It's dark, but it has lightness. Mm. And it has empathy in a way that I think a lot of other Daredevil dark runs only have darkness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think I think that's what keys me into it. But you know, it's it's funny you say that because I do think that um, it it Zdarsky the first twelve thirteen issues that I read, 
seem to me, and I think I said that, said it on the podcast, because when Marvel Studios canceled the Daredevil TV show, I was like, well, shit, they should do the next season as a Marvel comic, you know, and get people in <laughs> the same way that they, you know, Buffy season nine had for Dark Horse. And although it's not marketed that way, Zdarsky's Daredevil is, to me, a lot more... Um, she liked the show. Yeah, because the show is very much about the negative consequences of committing to violence, I guess. And that <clears throat> that's very, very much Zdarsky's angle there. I'm trying to think what else I've been I've been uh, reading on, on DC Universe and Marvel Unlimited. I've been right. reading a lot of Christmas comics, to be honest. And, and not just because I love reading Christmas comics, but because I'm writing something for Polygon about Christmas comics. Oh. Um, but there's there's some two things. One, uh, I can tell you that Santa Claus has made twice as many appearances in DC Comics as Marvel Comics. And two, his Marvel Comics experiences are genuinely fucking weird. <laughs> are weirder. I believe it. DC. Like DC generally tends to play him straight. Mm-hmm. And there's a 1980s Marvel comic, a 90s Spider-Man comic, where Santa basically shows up to shame a, a criminal uh-huh. <laughs> and make him feel bad about himself. Wow. Which I kind of love. And it's the real Santa. It's not like someone else dressed in Santa. I can also tell you that if you look up Santa in Marvel Unlimited, only one comic comes up and it's a Blade comic and it's not the real Santa. Despite the fact that Santa has actually appeared in a lot of Marvel comics. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, Jesus has also appeared in a lot of Marvel comics and you can't really search on him either. So, you know. But but Santa has a listing. Right. On, on Marvel Limited. I bet Jesus does not, though, which I'm, is a bummer. Okay, again, I'm going to look it up. Jesus has never actually appeared by name, right? Jesus has probably only appeared in, in the... No, he's always the ghost a friend. Thing, a friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that stuff. Um, yeah. If I look up friends... Crap, while we're talking about Santa Claus and there, therefore... There is no Jesus in Marvel Limited, by the way. Wow. Oh, damn it. The closest you get is... You get to Jess and you get Jessica Drew or Jessica Jones. There we go. There we go. That's finally not not the Jess, not the Jesus we deserve, but the no wait or something. No, no, no. That no. That's it's exactly. the other way around. Anyway, um, this should be the perfect segue for me to talk about Grant Morrison's uh, Santa books. Um, oh, Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, Klaus, which I know you like quite a lot. Yes. Um, but I'm not going to because <laughs> what what I'm going to talk about, and this is crazy, is thanks to Hoopla, uh, you know, that first trade of The Green Lantern Season 2 uh, by Grant Morrison, Liam Sharp, and yes. Zermonico, or Zermonico, came out uh, and is on Hoopla. And so I picked it up. Um, and Graham, I'll be goddamned if I didn't like it. I, I mean, I liked it. Like, I know you did not like it. Nobody really that I see on social media. Nobody really likes it. It's, okay, why? First of all, what issues does it contain? It, it goes up to what? It It, it is the the three-issue Black Star Limited series. Oh, and it is? the first six issues of season two of The Green Lantern. Oh, shit. So that's a lot. That's it's like a lot. Issues. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a big, it's a big trade. And um, before 
I think before at our last uh, wait, what I had mentioned the fact that I had read the first issue of Black Stars, which had only just dropped on DC Unlimited at the time and was significantly underwhelmed. Weirdly enough, the second issue is so batshit and weird. I really liked it. Like it really played with my head a lot among other things because so, so for those who are uh, unaware which should be nobody but the the first season of the green lantern ends with uh how jordan essentially forced uh because he's gone deep undercover to infiltrate the black stars and understand um the the machinations of Mu, the controller who's been maneuvering everything and plans to essentially bring peace to the universe by uh, creating essentially tyranny. And the first issue, uh, and it ends with Hal being hooked up to a miracle machine and having to wish for a universe without the Green Lanterns and where the Black Stars reign supreme. So first issue, you sort of see this reshaped world how as the black star parallax is um to be betrothed to bezelbeth the um strange demonic uh sort of sinestro of the black stars who sort of has recruited him and made him partner in many senses of the word first issue is them going to the demon world of isolt and taking all those beloved uh creepy alan moore kevin o'neill monsters that i'm sure jeff johns also exploited to great ends uh and has them build essentially a new perfect planet for the arrival of mew the controller first issue ends essentially with uh because bezelbeth and um uh, hal are to be betrothed for her wedding present she wants him to go to earth and essentially bring it by by hook or by crook under the the reign of the black stars so the second issue is um largely how on earth a very strange version of the earth confronting superman and and talking about uh, essentially like having left the earth he's now back he's there to recruit everyone's like you've turned on us you're an evil bastard and uh, Superman's son, John Kent, actually wants to join the Black Stars. He is he believes in the mission of move the controller and his mission to bring peace and actually change things. And the first half of the comic, which is part of what I liked about it, is such a weirdly mean spirited kick in the slats of <laughs> both Scott Snyder and Brian Bendis. Like I don't know if it's supposed to be good-natured ribbing that is just happens to be really, really mean. But he talks about Batman being, uh, you know, essentially caught ever since the uncovering of the Depresso verse, which is just a really funny take on the Dark Multiverse. Um, and there's a throwaway joke with Batmanson, but it's. It's literally him making fun of the idea of evil Batman and 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 the dark multiverse. And then for a page, he talks about um, how there's points in the reality where 
it's like the video and audio fall out of sync, like it's a phone call that falls out of sync. And and Superman and, and Hal, in talking about that and trying to recite that to each other, keep being like, what? Who? What? And it's and it's clearly it's clearly um, Morrison making fun of Bendis's dialogue, and then on top of it, you get Beelzebub's um, origin, quote unquote, origin issue, which is just insane. It's like a weird vampiric, like it's 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 a, it just becomes like all of Black Stars becomes this weird, strange comedy. Like it's a weird, fucked up take on things. And that more or less moves into the other stuff um, in season two of the Green Lantern. I am kind of shocked that nobody talked about kind of the insanely pitch perfect um, spoof of the, uh, God, who's the 70s Green Lantern writer, Mike, uh, the guy who goes on to form Star Reach and all that stuff, you know, the oh, over uh, Ernest Mike guy. Fle- no, Mike Fleischer. Is it Mike Fleischer? No, 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 no. That's the that's the Jonah Hex guy. Who's the? It's the. Unless I'm wrong. No, who's the guy? Shit, I'm gonna have to look it up. Hold on. It should be as easy. Mike Friedrich. Yes, his Mike Friedrich parody issue, where essentially people are talking like. Who's your Jim Jim Flam man? You know, like literally three pages in, I'm like, wait a minute. Is Morrison doing Bob Haney? And he's not. He's clearly doing, uh, Jesus, why did I just forget his name again? Mike Friedrich. Thank you. I'm like Mike Starreach. Like Starreach is just a better name. Uh, Mike Friedrich. So like everything, everyone's like talking like daddy-o stuff, but they talk about how the complex that he's in, like ha- there's this ultra frequency sound wave that is distorting people's brain patterns and um, uh, how they speak. So the language just gets more, it's it's literally Morrison carefully crafting a super insane Mike Friedrich heartfelt, like jargon jarbled, garbled plot insensible it might even be steve skates like it's a perfect it's a it's like a weird pastiche of a bad 70s green lantern comic and of course people are like why would you appreciate that jeff but it really is brilliant and and the weird part is it also because it's the it's all about this like city of the future that is fallen into distress and there's this bird monster that is trying to like has enslaved all the people that everyone that he thinks are aliens but are actually people wearing masks anyway it goes insane but it literally is this great um essentially commentary on american politics like it's i mean by commentary, the same way that Friedrich would do a comic, like at one point, like when Hal Jordan like is um, comes up with an insult for one of the guys, he calls him vice president. And I mean, it's just like, what is going on here? But at the end of it, you're like, oh, like the whole battle between Raka and Kara is is clearly supposed to be a commentary on the American political system. And it's it's kind of genius in its, in its recreation of those unsubtle heartfelt fucked up comics. Like I really enjoyed a lot of the issues of, of season two of the green lantern. Does, after everyone told me how the collection it was. have the weird 
uh, like alternate universe Superman issues. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, because it does go into the the yeah the weirdness with Hyperman and the Hyper Family attacking yeah. Green Lantern, and again, it's just like what is yeah going that's on? just it like for for me it's a series where it is just like what the living fuck though yeah but but i think to me for me kind of in a good way like i really liked it like i was like oh this is this is some really weird shit and some of it is as you know morrison's like a lot of people were like uh it just sort of felt like a weird catalog of influences but in fact, I'll have to reread the Hyperman stuff because there was there was something in there where I was like, wait, why is he even doing this? And I feel like maybe in part two or something, I was like, oh, oh, right. I get it. I get it. It it because it's it's more or less. Um, again, it sort of feels like Morrison doing a piss take on the evil Superman concept in that weird way of like, oh, he kind of finally got around to reading mark wade's plutonian thing and was just like <laughs> no 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 so it really weird really weird it's a really weird series yeah it's a really weird trippy series <laughs> but in a way that apparently most people who like morrison don't like and i just want to say completely i was really into it i was shocked i was really shocked by how much it was I mean, there we go. I'm like, it's the big Dave of DC of Morrison's DC superhero run, <laughs> basically, is what I would have to say. So, um, yeah, holy shit. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to mention that I don't want us to have another, um, you know, four hour episode, and not just because I'm forced to edit it. So, oh, that's true. We really should probably should sum up, Rex. We've been up for like two and a, two and a bit hours. Absolutely. I did also want to give a shout out to a book that uh, you you mentioned that I saw in Hoopla, and because you uh, said great things about it, I picked it up. The book tour by Andy Watson. You sort of talked about how sort of funny it was. You really sort of underplayed how how completely nightmarish it is. I it it, it is. It's it, see. I this is the weird thing. I understand that it's almost Kafka esque. It is. Yeah. What happens to it? Yeah. But I also find there's something really weirdly like gently comedic about it as well. Well. I mean, I'm, and that's like, it's, right. it's a really weird thing because it's it definitely starts like gentle comedy, uh-huh. and then things keep going wrong in a way that is at first funny, and then you understand that like it's not funny for this dude at all, right? Right. But I still like I find it a weirdly uplifting book, Jeff, I, which is insane to me, Graham. On the other hand, I think it, so. I think. Uh, what is weird is people talk about being Kafka-esque. It is super Kafka to me. It is because, you know, uh, one of the stories they tell about Kafka is like he when he would read his stories like at cafes and things like that, he 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 basically couldn't keep himself from laughing while he read them, you know, and. The book tour is really like that, where I feel like Watson has a strong sense of kind of what makes Kafka work. And weirdly, also, um, 
ties into sort of a strain of British fish out of water comedy that I feel is very, you know what I mean? Like I feel like there's a, there's a whole genre of British comedies where it's like polite guy who's kind of two up his own arse gets into trouble that is practically going to kill him and then he more or less artless you know sort of um head up his butt stumbles out of certain doom the same way that he stumbled into it kind of you know what i mean like i feel like that's a very brit thing and watson kind of connects the dots with that in a way um it's just extraordinary it's a it's an extraordinary book but i really did find it harrowing like three quarters of the way through i was like jesus christ for people who um basically want a version of uh martin scorsese's after hours that looks as if it was drawn as a comic strip for highlights magazine um (laughs) i think i i think that this is it's a it's perfect um, and it, also, I, I feel that it will also disturb people a lot when I'm like, I find it a really uplifting, gentle book. <laughs> I, it's well because I think that the, I get it because the because there's something about the character and there is a little bit there's, of there's uh, also honestly the way it ends. Yes, and I was going to say the way it ends is is the other thing too. So. Because it it there's definitely a point where it could veer into you know horror. I mean mm-hmm. not. Glory horror or like horror horror, but mm-hmm. like psychological existential horror. Mm-hmm. But it veers back. Do you know what I mean? Do yeah. you not think it? it, it no, no, no. It, no. Um, it very, very purposefully does not go there. Uh, yes, yes. It, it. I agree. I agree. And it, believe me, I'm deeply relieved for it. But at the same time, uh, how do I put it? There is there and and I think this is the the other thing that's about because it is called the book tour and it is about a writer who whose fortunes um are diminishing rapidly, disappearing before his eyes essentially. Uh there is something that's kind of I think really fitting in a way for the end of twenty twenty, which is the worst is averted, but 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 what you're left with is terrifyingly unknowable, I guess, you know? And and maybe you see it. It it is it's very much the literally you all get to the okay, and now you're at the blank page. Do you see the horror of the void or do you see the chance to create a new world on top of it you know so i think that that's uh another thing that i read um which weirdly enough i think i'd read the sequel and hadn't realized um carlos trios and the uh artist um mandrafina whose first name i don't have the big hoax um hard case crime slash titan books reprint of the classic 1987 graphic novel which is an amazing recreation of essentially what it's like to read 
just about any Central American novel from the 80s in that it is deeply, deeply, it's it's that classic like, oh, here's a, a ridiculously artifice filigreed story that is more or less a brutal crime noir except for the way in which it also enmeshes with um, again South American politics it's really I started off being like "Ah, yeah fine sure oh this is kind of clever and then by the end I was just gripped it's got gorgeous art just absolutely gorgeous art and and the storytelling is is wonderful um i I, that is also on hoopla uh and i think you know you've said good things about titans reprints um i just have to say that i was i was delighted to read that through hoopla and i'm kind of glad that we do need to wrap things up because that will prevent me from having to talk about the various uh japanese romantic and erotic manga (laughs) i've been reading over the last two weeks that's um, that's two episodes from now when we talk about our best comics of the year. Yes, and... absolutely. I'm gonna I'm just gonna have a whole section that's like, okay, here's the best Japanese erotic comics I read this year. Ugh. God, I really hope that's true. <laughs> that, we're not joking. That two weeks from now, we're going to be doing. I mean, something resembling a best of the year or best comics we've read this year, yeah. or thank God we survived this year, some sort of retrospective. Because two weeks from now will be the last episode of the year. That's right. Um, next week is a draw mm-hmm. and Jeff I'm going to be honest I can't remember what volume we're reading I think it's volume 20 I think that's right I think that's right I think I think it's just read the complete case files volume 20 but we'll I'll go back and check that <laughs> and we'll definitely have read it's, here's the thing I've already read half of it but oh. I did my traditional thing of reading half of it immediately after the last draw so I've pretty much forgotten all of it <laughs> Well, okay, I'm kind of relieved because I haven't I haven't read it, and um, I'm also appearing on another podcast at that point too. That day. what Case Files twenty, yeah, Case Files twenty. Um, we'll talk about it off air. Unfortunately, I don't think it's it's airing um as soon. Oh, I'm as very excited. Same day. Oh, I'm very excited, everyone. Don't worry, you worry. I'll get to the bottom of this. Before I do that, I'm going to tell all of you there's going to be show notes for this episode up on waitwhatpodcasts.com. Uh, we have a Twitter account at Wait What Podcast. Jeff has a Twitter account at Lazy Bastard, L A Z Y B A S T I D. I have a Twitter account at Graham M at G R A E M E M. We are on Instagram and Tumblr, even though I haven't done anything with either for a while, but they're both Wait What Pods for their respective um, platforms. And we're a Patreon supported podcast, which means Jeff, very quickly, is going to talk about Patreon like this. Oh, well, or like that, or he did it with a wiffle ball bat. Hotel. Motel, Holiday Inn. Uh, I so so uh, Hicks. Uh, I think Paul Hicks does a podcast called DC OCD, uh, where they've been reviewing, ranking, and rating every DC event in order since Crisis on Infinite Earths. And so I am participating with the lovely and talented Martin Gray and Mister Hicks to discuss the Rebirth special that's that's happening i don't know when that episode goes live but i will i will i will keep you all apprised in in the show notes but i felt really horrible because uh you know i i feel like the least someone can do if they're going to 
you know, invite me on to, to, to get some, some free, uh, cross promotion is to have me at least cross promote, but I don't know. That's, it's not, it's not my strong point. So please DC OCD, uh, hotel, motel, holiday Inn. um, <laughs> I always feel like this we got a backwards. Like the most unexpected running theme of this episode. It is, isn't it? Shouldn't it be? It's probably Motel Hotel Holiday Inn, right? Or no, maybe it's Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. I guess it's not really. I hadn't really thought of it. I always sort of naturally assumed that there was a. Um, it's Hotel Motel Holiday Inn. It is Hotel Motel. Yeah. Okay. Good. I got it right. Oh, thank God. Because you know, sometimes you're kind of like you know. Uh, anyway, I, I people. We're so grateful that you listen to us, by which I mean um, listen to Graham and then put up with me. Uh, you are um, wonderful. You managed to keep us um, inspired and reading things and also so excited to talk to one another that I never get around to discussing my picks for Japanese erotic manga. And I think I think the world is a better place for that overall. Also, the fine people on Patreon throw a little bit of their hard-earned dosh such that we do extra ventures, as in next week's episode of Drock, wherein we are indeed reading episode 20 of Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files. That's how professional Graham is. Even when he can't remember, he remembers correctly, as opposed to me, who cannot remember a goddamn thing. Um, we are grateful to all of you for keeping us uh, fired up, inspired up and thanks to that little extra dosh wired up um and uh, i love this rhyme thing you have going on i know i know it's 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 kind of it's kind of exciting it's kind of exciting my we're slowly in another three years i will be wrapping my way through all of my reviews you know it's like black stars is like happen stars with co-cars and anyway so uh with co-stars of robo stars of dog's name Char. My dog was named Char, and I realized it's not really a pertinent rhyme for all intents and purposes for everyone else, but it worked for me, ladies and gentlemen, and this is why I lose my freestyling competitions every goddamn time. We're incredibly grateful to Dominic L. Franco and Empress Audrey, Queen of the Galaxy, for their continuing support of this podcast, and this neck of the galactic realm we call home. We're deeply indebted and grateful. Graham? Look, I... Hands up everyone who just wants to hear Jeff freestyle for like another three hours. I, I, I think we're all there. I think we can all agree. But instead, I'm going to let him off the hook and say, we'll be back in a week with the draw. We'll be back in two weeks with the wait what? Another nut. Bye!